did you start preaching early? No, because I ran. Okay, <laughs> let's talk about the running. Now, see, we, what's the time on this? Let's go. We have time. What were the things that you were doing? I definitely could say walking in the prophetic strongly. I feared it. I could look at a person and I'm hearing everything about this person. So many times I just thought, well, am I really crazy? Like, don't think I'm weird, you know. You had to say that, though. I had to say that. Don't think I'm weird, (laughs) but I see this and this. And their mouth, like, dropped. And they're like, how did you know that? What up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of the RXS Podcast. We got Q in the building. How are you? I am good. How are you? I'm good. It's good to see you. Good to see you. Like, when the last time we seen each other? Um, probably 13, 14 years ago. <laughs> like, or more. Yeah. I'm not for sure. <laughs> for Nyla to be a grown woman when yep. she was a kid, mm-hmm. that's right. Yeah. Yep. Because I think she was like, what, 10 when she recorded <laughs> a single with you? So, yes. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And now she's how old? 21. That's cool. That just says we're getting older. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I remember, like, it's crazy because we used to be the kids. Yes. Like, I remember being in Wilson, being the kid. Being That's the, the kid. kid that do the thing at the church. Now I'm like the grown man. <laughs> the grown man telling the kid what to do at the church. Right. It's crazy. It's crazy. But anyway, I want to get into your story. But first, I want to start at the beginning. Okay. Where were you born? I was born in Wilson. Let's go. Yeah, born in Wilson, but raised in Kinley. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. For those who don't know, Kinley is like <laughs> a little town. Very little town, but it was called Friendly Kinley. Really? Yep, Friendly Kinley. I mean, that that, that makes sense. <laughs> what was it like growing up there? Um... Um, very quiet. Okay. Yeah, very quiet. Um, we never was bored. That was the thing, though. Okay. It was a quiet town, but we were never bored because the few black people that were there, we had no choice but to get along. So, so <laughs> is the town so small that all the black people just automatically knew each other? We just knew each other. That's yeah, cool. we knew each other, like all 10 of us. <laughs> so, look, what about like school? Was it the schools in Kinley? Yep, school. We had an elementary school in yeah. Kinley, but our middle school was in micro, and our high school was micro. I heard of micro. Yeah. Like, how far is that from Kinley? Um, about 20 minutes. Wait. <laughs> Y'all had to ride 20 minutes to school. 20 minutes and to school. And how far is micro from Wilson? Um, I'm going to say probably about a good 40. 35, Interesting. 40. Yeah, it's not too far. Depending on what side of Wilson you're coming into, yeah. but not too far. So growing up in Kenley, it's quiet. Elementary school in Kenley, middle mm-hmm. school in micro, high school in micro. In micro. As a kid, what were you into? Like, what were your interests in? Like, yeah. What were you involved in? Well, in my middle school years, basketball. Okay. I was. I was hooping. Okay. (laughs) I was hooping, basketball, softball, did a little cheerleading sometime, but it wasn't really my, you know, um, my expertise. But the basketball. So you were good at ball. Oh, I was great. Always in the paper. Oh, killer. 
Um, like being that good at it, did you ever aspire to be a professional? No. Ooh. No. Why never. not? Um, I don't know. You know, sometimes I guess your focus changes a little bit. Even though I know I was kind of good, mm-hmm. but my focus change and it was like oh no i'd rather just stick with books now i'm very Ooh. intelligent very intelligent so you were actually good in school as well mm-hmm. great in school like good grades always never getting in trouble never What's... i never skipped school whoa so like <laughs> did you like so you never skipped school did you never. ever fake sick to not go to school never what never like were you so like you're playing basketball mm-hmm. you're chilling and all that so you're not like a nerdy good girl. Yeah, I was. I can say that. You were? Yeah, nerdy. But was girl. it like cool nerdy or was it like they be picking on you because you too smart type? Uh, no. Well, I mean, you're going to have some that pick at you. Anyway, just because anyway, you like to yeah, get good grades. Yeah, just because you like to get good Yo, grades and I'm, somewhat different. You know? not, listen, <laughs> I've never understood that. Like, It's like, how are you upset with me that I have good grades? <laughs> I don't understand. Like, my grades won't never that good, mm-hmm. but I still never understood. It's like, why would people, like, from a, I don't know the term, but just, like, the thought process of picking on a person for having good grades. For having good grades. But, I mean, if you think about it, it was just their insecurities. Exactly. Yeah. So your your their insecurities became your target. Like you were the target. Yeah, because I I don't like that I don't have good grades, and because I don't feel good about myself for mm-hmm. having bad grades, there's something wrong with you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. In those situations with those few people in your school, did it make you feel a way when people did kind of do that? No, not really, because I was always an introvert anyway, so it really didn't kind of matter to me. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you said you played basketball, mm-hmm. but your focus changed. Mm-hmm. What did it change to? And and as strange as it sounds, but I, <laughs> strange as it sounds, but ministry. Okay. Right. At 14. Okay. That's when God called me. At 14. Yeah. Whoa. So I was nerdy, yet kind of cool, but weird in the spiritual sense. But even at that time, I was bringing all the young kids to church. Wow. <laughs> at 14. So you recruiting. I was recruiting. <laughs> <laughs> I was recruiting. And what church was it? Um, It was Zion Christian Fellowship. Where that's at? Um, I don't think it no longer exists. If it does, I think it's online. Um, but it was with Apostle Elijah Forte. And what city? Wilson. Let's go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, what what was your pitch to get people to come to church? Oh my God, y'all have got to hear this man. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard anybody preach like he does. You gotta come. Fourteen, and that was at fourteen, and everybody was like, "We'll check him out. We'll check him out." Yeah. Yo, I'm tripping. <laughs> I think I just had that drawing. Yeah. You know, I didn't realize it at the time, mm-hmm. but it was like I had a drawing anointing on me then because I didn't say much. Yeah. I didn't say much. It was just come. Yeah. And they came. And they showed up. They showed up. So did you build most of your friendships from the angle of church or did you have some friends that weren't in church? Friends that weren't in church. Because mm. even when I was in church, I was still that 
introvert, shy, behind the scenes. So I wouldn't even say I had friends. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So to not technically have friends, like how were you brave enough to be social to invite them to church? That's the weird part. I I have no idea. <laughs> I really have no idea. I don't even know if I could really answer that. Again, I think sometimes it's like even at a young age and we don't really understand, God puts an anointing on you for a certain time, certain seasons, and you're doing what you never thought you would be able to do. Because if it wasn't on me, I know I wouldn't have said a word. Mm. <laughs> I wouldn't have said a word. But when he anoints you for a particular thing, yeah, it's kind of like you just go along with what you feel. And, you know, even when you don't really know, but you just go along with what you feel. Yeah. Mm. And. At 14, being brave enough to know, like, this ain't really me for real, mm-hmm. but I feel like I should do this. Mm-hmm. You had to really be tapped in to even recognize that. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So did you continue to do sports even though you focused on ministry? I did. Mm-hmm. I did. But ministry became more important. More important. So when did you start preaching early? Um, no, because I ran. <laughs> okay, let's talk about the running. Yes, <laughs> I ran. Okay. I really did. It's like, it's kind of like I, I did the bootleg type thing, you know. I was sitting there doing all this stuff without what we considered the title yeah. and all of that or being quote-unquote ordained. I was just flowing in ministry. Wow. Yeah, bootlegging. Okay, okay. So let's talk about bootlegging for a minute. <laughs> What were the things that you were doing? Um, I definitely could say walking in the prophetic. Okay. Strongly. I used I feared it. I didn't understand what it was. I just knew I could look at a person and I'm hearing everything mm. about this person. Or I'm saying I used to really think girl you are crazy because mm. that's what I was told growing up with my father. He always said, Q, you crazy, you crazy. Because I used to say, I'm seeing this, I'm seeing that, I'm seeing this. And they weren't that spiritual. My parents weren't really that spiritual, even though my mom went to church, but she wasn't that spiritual. She's a seer, but she couldn't articulate to me mm. what was going on. Okay. So many times I just thought, well, am I really crazy? Like, Or, you know, I don't know. I can't explain it. But I just remember times I used to say oh my god I see this and this about you don't think I'm weird you know you had to say that I had to say that don't (laughs) think I'm weird but I see this and this and their mouth is like dropped and they're like how did you know that you know Mm -hmm. so I started just coming more into that and my former pastor at the time would say you need to just walk in it. What are you afraid of? And I'm just sitting there like, I don't want this. I don't want this. So answer that question. What were you afraid of? Um, I'm thinking more so of the move of God. That that feared me. And not even that, but just being disobedient. You know, because you hear so much, um, how can I say it? You you hear so much of the bad when it comes to disobedience, mm-hmm. you know, versus talking about his grace, mm-hmm. you know, even if 
I miss it. Or even if I was afraid to open my mouth, but it was always, you need to da da And if you don't do it, and da 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 And that feared me. So I was like, I'm not saying a word. <laughs> so you, you grew up in the era where folks was in church scaring people. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> scaring me. So you were, so like, the fact that it was presented to you like that made you kind of like, Mm-hmm. Shy away from it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Shy away from it until it got to the point where I I couldn't I I couldn't shy away from it because it was like I kept getting visitations or I kept hearing and I kept getting confirmations of what I needed to do so I couldn't run anymore. So describe <laughs> to me what the visitations were like. Now, see, we, what's the time on this? Let's go. We have time. We have time. Because I remember the, the first visitation I had, and I was nine years old. I was nine years old, and that was my first outer body experience. And I knew something was getting ready to happen because the atmosphere changed. And I was like, oh, my God, okay. It's kind of like you knew you were getting ready to go into the spiritual realm. Okay. So I remember um, lying in my room one night, and this was when I was nine years old, and and my body, or my spirit, rather, left my body. And I'm looking at me lying on the bed, and I'm like, what? Then... I heard an angel say, come with me. I left my room, went straight up. I'm, when I tell you I have some stories, went straight up. My spirit went straight up through the ceiling. Next thing you know, I'm in another realm. So when I'm in this realm, I'm placed like on a little small cliff. I won't never forget it. A little small, little bitty cliff. When I looked down, it was nothing but fire heat and I'm like oh my god it's hot in my mind I'm thinking it's hot I look down and I'm hearing people saying little girl little girl give me some water it's hot little girl help us help us I'm sitting here looking down like I couldn't say anything but in my mind I'm like oh my god this is really real this is what people preach about like I'm sitting or standing in the midst so I'm looking I'm hearing people crying I'm hearing people um, yelling it's hot it's this it's that and then I heard another voice which at the time I didn't understand but it was God and he said look up when I looked up he said I'm real he said and I'm gonna use you in the end times to let people know that I am real. And he says, I'm going to use you to speak to those so they won't come here. He said, this is hell. Hell is real. And then went back into my body. Nine? Nine years old. And immediately I jumped up, ran into the room with my mom and daddy. (laughs) (laughs) Scared, telling them what I saw. But of course, you, you... that's not real. You didn't see that. You crazy. Blah, say, blah, say, blah. And that's when I felt like, okay, I'm just going to hush. Because I didn't feel like nobody received me. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, do you remember the visitation as a teenager? Oh, yeah. I had a, I had a lot of visitations as a teenager. Um, I won't forget it was 
one particular time when I was upstairs mm-hmm. and I was lying down. I don't know. It's just every time I'm going to sleep. But <laughs> you know what? That's how God gets you because you're not moving. You're not distracted. That's when he can totally, <laughs> totally speak to you when you're not distracted. Yes. And so I remember I was resting um, one day and... I felt the atmosphere changing. I said, uh-oh. Mm. Oh, Lord, it's, it's about to happen. <laughs> so I just braced myself. So I heard, like, strong footsteps coming up the steps, coming up the steps. My heart is like, oh, my God, this is <laughs> another visitation. So um, I felt the presence come into the room. I'm t- a teenager, but I put the covers over my head because I was scared. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, I felt something touch. And it felt, from how I can describe it back then, it felt like electricity Mm. went through my body. But I was so scared, I saw my spiritual hand push it away. It pushed it away, and I actually touched it, pushed it away. It walked down the stairs, the door closed. I came to. So the next day... We were going to church somewhere. We were going to go sing behind um, the pastor. And God started moving or whatever. I keep hitting this microphone. I'm it's sorry. okay. You're good. <laughs> um, God started moving before we got on the road. And the pastor said, come here, Q. Come here. Sit right here. I sat down. And he just went into tears. And the Lord started speaking through him and said, why did you push me away? I came to talk to you. All I could do in that moment and in that chair was cry and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But that was one of my teenage visitations or experience. And he didn't know anything about that. I kept that to myself. But the next day, the Lord spoke through him and said, why did you push me away? I came to talk to you. Yeah. And look, still, even in that, still running. Yeah. Still running. So, do you remember the age you were when you decided not to run anymore? Um, It was probably in my late 20s. I think by that time, I probably had Nyla. So, yeah, it was probably in my, in my late 20s. Yeah, in my late 20s. Because so, by that time, I was married, married into ministry and stuff. So, yeah. So, let's talk about that. Mm-hmm. How old were you when you got married? 18. Interesting. Did you meet him in church? No. Oh, <laughs> that's why I say I have friends outside of the church. But I actually met him when I was fourteen. Okay, yeah. So you met him at fourteen. Mm-hmm. Like, did y'all become friends? Like, even then? Nah, not really. It was just somebody you kind of met yeah. and saw mm-hmm. and knew. Mm-hmm. But he wasn't in church. No, Mm-mm. that's crazy. No, he wasn't in church. Mm-mm. So. At 18, y'all got married. He still wasn't in church? No. By that time, he was in church. Because okay. at around 14, 15, I drew him in. Wait yeah, minute. I drew him in. Because I was minute. telling him, you got to go hear this. <laughs> 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 and he ended up coming, and he ended up getting saved. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Yeah, so I drew him in. 
So he gets saved. Mm-hmm. Time pass. Y'all get married. Mm-hmm. You're 18. So I'm sure he's around that age too. I think he was like 20. Okay. That, that's the, <laughs> Yeah, around the same age. By the time you get up there, that's the same age. Yeah. <laughs> so when y'all got married, were you aware of ministry coming or you had no idea? With him or myself? Either. No, not really. Mm-mm. No. And it's funny because the Lord was using me since 14. Mm-hmm. But when after we had got married at 18, God, I think I turned 19 and God called him into ministry a year after me. Okay. Unless he was just more of yes, Lord versus me. Because <laughs> I wasn't. <laughs> yeah. So he becomes a minister. Mm-hmm. You're still kind of running. Yeah. Y'all have Nyla. No, Zaria. Okay, right. Zaria. Mm-hmm. So y'all have Zaria. Mm-hmm. What is it like in ministry? Mm-hmm. He's in ministry. You're running. Y'all have a child. Right. What is going on? Everything. <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. You know, I mean, as far as him being called to preach. I mean, I I understood that. I got that. But it still was um, um, a lot that you didn't understand, especially being young, because I saw him more devoted to that than to us as a young married couple. So, yeah. And how did you feel experiencing that? At that time, because of the lack of understanding about it, I was just thinking I supposed to do what a submissive wife supposed to do. So let me let me interpret. Mm-hmm. I'm really not all the way okay with this. <laughs> and I'm not sure if this is right or not. I don't feel like it is. Right. But, but I'm just gonna go along with the flow. <laughs> But we were kids. We yeah. we were really kids. Yes. And we didn't we didn't know. All we knew we loved God and we wanted to please God. Yes. Yeah. And, and to be and to be honest, like I'm younger than y'all, but I have been around church enough to know that there are some people in some situations that will almost paint the narrative mm-hmm. as if you get a pass mm-hmm. from your family obligations. Right. Like, God first don't mean... <laughs> <laughs> Abandoning. <laughs> That's not what that means, it guys. It doesn't. That's not what that means. And it's like, a lot of preachers abandon their families in the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And That's then it's true. like, if their wives say something about it, they get mad because their excuse is they doing what God wants them to do. Yep, exactly. And it's like, most of the time we never see like, and I want to hear from you about it because most times the first lady, she just get fly. She come in there and she participate with service. You don't never know. She probably <laughs> sick of that joker. <laughs> right. <laughs> but y'all play the part so well. Mm-hmm. Yep, so well. So did you ever find yourself like playing the part? 
Of course. Ugh. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> because it because people hold such a high standard. Yes. On you and you and I don't want to use the term that you did, but it is you got to play the part. Yes. You really got to play the part, even though behind the scenes, it could be like jacked up, screwed God. up or whatever. But when you know you step out, yes. you got to yeah. play the part. Yeah, you got to play the part. So did so did you ever get to a place where you felt like you were kind of raising Zaria on your own? He was he was there sometimes, but when it did come to the kids, I did feel like a lot of responsibility was on me because even by that time, we were having kids like doorsteps. Okay, so how many kids do y'all have? Five. Okay. <laughs> yeah, five. Okay, because mm-hmm. I think Zaria and Nyla are the only ones I know about. Really? Because I've seen them online. Oh, I yeah. I seen Zaria online, and then, of course, I met Nyla. Mm-hmm. So y'all have Zaria. Mm-hmm. And then we had Justin. So... How old were you when y'all had Justin? Um, he's what three years difference from Zaria, so about twenty one. I had Justin. So, are you still running at the time? Yeah. Okay. So good God. <laughs> good gracious. So, okay. Still, still running, but bootlegging. Because <laughs> <laughs> so, if the Lord told me to say something, I'm going to say it. Okay. You know. Yes. So, so I got to ask you a question. Right. Now. Are you really bootlegging? Hmm. Because I think the church system yep, makes us is. feel like we have to have a title. Title, yep. But sometimes mm-hmm. there are people with spiritual gifts mm-hmm. that are more effective and are better representations of Christ and the body of Christ than the title people. Yeah. But anyways. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's a whole nother subject. <laughs> but I've learned that in my now. Yeah. But at the time, at you the just, time, you felt like you were bootlegging. I felt like I was bootlegging. Yeah. Because yeah. you ain't legit without a title. Right. Mm-hmm. That's and how they make I, you yeah, feel. That's how they make you feel. <laughs> yeah. So, exactly. So you have your second child, Justin. Mm-hmm. You still running. Yep. Like, like, are y'all like in full ministry? Like, does your husband have a church at this point? Yes, because when by the time Justin was here, it was like a year later after he was called to minister, he started pastoring. And that's when I was like, what? <laughs> like, I, this is too much. This is really too much. But again, going along with, you know, whatever, because I, I was like, look, if this is what God is calling you to do, then, you know, I support. I got your back. But and, that's, yeah. and that's where. That's where the lines can get blurred. Yeah. Because you've had this encounter with God at nine years old. Mm-hmm. So you're at a place where it's like, okay, God, I'm growing up. I'm a woman. Mm-hmm. I have two children. I have a husband who's a pastor. I got to go with where you going. Mm-hmm. Like, even though I don't know much. Right. If this is you, I got to figure it out. Yeah. Got to figure it out. At the end of the day, I would need to be comfortable with myself more. And because I felt like in order for me to be my true self or in order for me to have a big impact on the world, I need to be with a group of people that I know when that's not the case. I was kind of scared at first because I felt like I was going to miss them. My parents have told me many times that 
I have gifts and I need to use it. And like people wish they could do what I do. And I was like, "Mm, I don't want to do that. Since I was really young, I really like to speak and make people feel better in life. And it's just something I enjoy. Hi, this is Nay. And that was Nay's Place. If you want to catch more, search Nay's Place on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and RXS Entertainment YouTube channel. And, like, people don't know, but, like, it's like, so you got two kids, mm-hmm. a, a husband that's a pastor, mm-hmm. and then all the members that go to the church. <laughs> right. That's like a whole other thing. <laughs> that's a whole other set of children. <laughs> I'm sitting here 21, 22, and they're calling me for a meeting about marriage counseling. I'm like, I just got married two years ago. I can't tell you anything. So what I do, give you, I'll give you a scripture. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll pray with you. But yeah. I mean, I even I didn't have no experience. I was only married two years. Mm-hmm. What can I tell a person? Yeah. You know, so it had to be in grace. Yeah. Because I, I, yeah, it so, had to be in grace. So then y'all have the third child. Uh-huh. How many years later was that? Um, Let me see. Justin's 24, Chris 21, so three years. Okay. Mm-hmm. You have, what's his name again? Chris. Chris. So you have Chris. Mm-hmm. Are you still running? Yep. Good God, Q. <laughs> you was just praying. You was, you was out there, boy. Still running. Still, still running. So now, so now, is the church growing as the children are coming? Uh-huh. Yep. Church is growing. Okay. So, so let's paint the picture. Because it's like, that sound good? <laughs> That sound good. It sounds we good. had we had more children and the church is growing. No, that's actually like counterproductive when it's not handled when properly. When it's not handled properly, yeah. Because it's like it's like the more the church is growing, mm-hmm. the more you at the crib with the kids. And I'm mm-hmm. sure you're going to church, and I'm sure you're active. But if the church is growing, he has more responsibility. Mm-hmm. And then pastors have this thing where they feel obligated to do certain things that they really don't got to do. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's like, so did it become stressful for you? Um, at at time, this point. Yeah, at times it did because most of the time, and I can say about being a pastor's wife, it's like you're behind the scenes, but you're doing most of the work. Okay, let's 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 yeah, talk about that for a second. Yeah, you're doing most of the work, but you're not getting the credit. credit. Yeah. Mm. What kind of work were you doing, or what kind of work are you referring to in general? Mm-hmm. Whether it's administration, putting conferences together. You know, if he said, "Oh, I feel like doing a conference," okay, I'll set it up. I'll. I'll call, I'll do this, I'll do that, get choirs in, pray. I was doing all of that. So you like the event planner, the, <laughs> the, the coordinator, the and, yeah. and the crazy thing is these are roles and these are jobs mm-hmm. that people should be like getting a salary for. Yeah. So you like you working. Like yeah, you, so for you free. you <laughs> for free. <laughs> for Free. <laughs> <laughs> so so at this point though mm-hmm. do you think in your mind that it's just a part of it do, are yeah. you thinking like this is what i'm supposed to do this is what i supposed to do yeah this is what i supposed to do and for years i lived in the shadows yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, lived in the shadows. Still trying to find myself. Yeah. Because not only did I have kids doing ministry, but yet I was in school getting degrees online. So, yeah. So, I had a lot. Okay, let's talk about me. that. Mm-hmm. What did you go to school for? Um, Education. Okay. So, I have a nine-month-old right now. Mm-hmm. And it is interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. And me and my wife both be at the crib all the time. Mm-hmm. So to ever be in a position where, so like, did you go to all services or did he like go to revivals and stuff sometimes? All services. Oh, mm-hmm. and so, so you, I'm taking care of the kids during the day, online, one one on the lap, one over here, one over there, going to school, then getting them ready for church. Yeah. Like, did you ever have to take the computer to church? No. Okay, good. I would never do that. Okay, that's good. It's good. It didn't get that bad. No, it didn't get that bad. Sheesh. (laughs) I'm just imagining, like, what you're doing. Yeah. That's a lot. It's a lot. So you're in school, you're raising three kids, Mm -hmm. and you're the event coordinator for all services, (laughs) all conferences. Good God. Yeah, pretty much. Handling the finances of the ministry, all of that. Yeah. So you were the trustee too? Yeah, I was all that. (laughs) (laughs) I was all that in one. Whoa. (laughs) Yeah. And then because I was home, I was more um, accessible to people. So you had people calling you all the time. So I was a counselor, a therapist. I was all of that. Yeah. It was a lot. So now let's go to the fourth child. <laughs> Nyla Bug. <laughs> so y'all have Nyla. Yes. How old were you? Um, how many, there how was many like years a, was there was about sixteen her and Chris are like sixteen months apart. So okay, they, so they yeah, were really back to back. They were really back to back. So we still running? Still running. Good God. <laughs> Up until a certain point when maybe Nyla, because I did stop running within that year, but it was because of an experience that I had where I said, I can't run anymore. Was it like tragic? Yeah. Do you want to talk about it? We can. Let's talk about it. What <laughs> happened? Um, I was in almost a near fatal car accident. Mm-hmm. Yep. What happened? Well, um, I won't never forget this day. Um, I had loaded the kids up to go pick them up from work. And um, I was... Pregnant. I'm always pregnant. <laughs> I was <laughs> I was um, pregnant with Nyla or whatever at the time. Went to go pick him up from work and we swapped because I didn't feel like driving. So he was um, got in the car. We driving down the road. And back then we had like this truck with a cassette tape that you pop in. So he was popping in. I won't ever forget. It was an R. Kelly. <laughs> I believe I can fly. <laughs> and he popped it in, but it fell out. He reached down to get it. So he reached down to get it. He was going for it the second time. I said, don't don't worry about it. He said, no, I got it. Those were the words that I remember him saying. He said, no, I got it. He put it in, dropped it again, reached down. But by this time, when he reached down this time, the um, truck, veered off the road and at this part it was like construction going on where Wilson Christian Community okay. School is it was right in front of that and the truck 
hydroplane. And so while in the process of it hydroplaning, I was thrown from the windshield. They said 20 feet. Whoa. Yeah. And I'm carrying Nyla. So, but I was thrown from the windshield 20 feet. Like, were you knocked unconscious? They tried to say I was, but I wasn't. I remember everything. <laughs> I remember everything. Yeah. I remember um, I was laying on the road and I can hear screams and holler. I heard my children. I mean, because even while the accident was happening, I'm, the, the glass is, is crushing. I'm hearing all of that. So I remember laying on the road and I remember by the voice, I could tell it was a Caucasian woman. And she came to me and she put her like a cloth or something on my forehead because blood was just running, running, running. And so she spoke to me and she said, I don't know who you are and your relationship with God. She said, but I see angels fighting on your behalf. And she was saying they're fighting against death. And so when she said that, all, all I could remember was tears because I couldn't, I couldn't speak. But in my mind, I was saying, well, Lord, you know, you get religious. Lord, in my mind, well, Lord, if it's time for me to go, I guess I've done what I'm supposed to do. Then whatever your will is, it is. You're, you know, let your will be done. Yeah. This is what I'm saying in my mind. Out of all the sirens, the screams, so audibly, you will not die. This is, I heard his voice so clear. You will not die, but you will declare the works of me. Next thing you know, I'm in the ambulance. I'm remembering everything. You know, I'm in the ambulance going to Wilson Medical or whatever, um, <clears throat> Get, I'm getting a little choked because <laughs> I'm okay. so sorry. No, it's I okay. I remember it. Um, I'm going in there. Next thing you know, I'm thinking like, okay, I just heard that word from God, so I'm going to be okay. So by that time, when I get into the room, now I'm hearing nurses call the priest, call the chaplain. Mm. This is what I'm hearing. I'm like, wait a minute, Lord. Now you just said I'm going to live, <laughs> but this is what I'm hearing. Call the chaplain, call the chaplain. They're they're ripping off my clothes, sticking needles in me or whatever. And um next thing you know, when I finally was able to just gather, because by that time they were just pumping me with everything. And I remember the little chaplain man coming in and he's praying and things. My mom and dad came in or whatever, and I saw my dad cry for the first time. I never seen this man shed a tear. So when he looked at me and he cried, I knew something's bad. Like something's really, really bad. I couldn't talk, but I knew something was bad. Then finally, um, when they cleared the room, I think it probably was maybe a good 30, 45 minutes, um, the anesthesiologist came in mm -hmm. and he was um, talking about, you know, we're getting ready to um, do plastic surgery and things like that. So in my mind, I'm still thinking like, what did what just happened? I think because my body was so much in shock, I didn't feel pain mm -hmm. or anything. So I asked for a pen, paper. Mm -hmm. So I was writing like, give me a mirror. Nobody would give me a mirror. And I'm like, what do I look like? What, what's wrong with me? 
nobody would say anything. Just, just relax, just relax. So the plastic surgeon comes in and he's like, well, you have some abrasions, you have this, you have that. Okay, what? So he, he was trying yeah. to, he was trying to like. Yeah, like kind of ease his way into saying you look bad without saying yeah. you look bad. So I was like, no, I I need to see me before. I'm like writing. I need to see me before I make any decision. They wouldn't let me. So I refused. I wrote on the paper. I won't never forget. I wrote on the paper and I said, I trust God. And I refused plastic surgery. I don't know if it was a religious thing where I said, whatever scars I have, it'll be my testimony, you know. So I remember days in the hospital, couldn't walk, couldn't talk, anything. Had some experiences up in there. I'm telling you, we, we got to go, but I can really no, say a lot of stuff. listen, I promise. <laughs> you got me talking now. No, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> and so even had certain experiences there, but when I finally was able to get up and walk, um, all of the window uh, mirrors in the room were covered with towels and things. And God bless her soul, the late co-pastor Michelle Hargrove. She was right there with me. That was my buddy. She was right there with me. Yeah. I even wrote to Michelle. Michelle, I know you got a mirror in your purse. Girl, I ain't got, you know, girl, I ain't got no mirror in my purse. <laughs> yeah, that's da, da, da. But finally, when I was able to get up, I remember asking, please, I haven't seen myself like, in over a week, I need to see what I look like. They put the towel off the mirror. And when I looked at myself, I said, oh, I wrote, I'm never coming out the house again. My skull, you can see my skull. Mm -hmm. It was pretty much opened. Um, this right here on my nose, like where the bar is, mm -hmm. split open. Mm -hmm. From here to here, split. That's mm -hmm. why I couldn't talk or whatever. Road burns, everything from, from head to toe. This side of my face, no skin. No, wow. I mean, white, no no skin. So, And I just cried. I was like, I, I can't. I'm not going outside. That's why I kept telling myself, I, I'm never going outside again. But then people were coming up to the hospital praying mm -hmm. and things like that and said, you know what? God is going to restore. Yes, you're going to have um, scars, but it's not going to look like what you've been through. Mm -hmm. And I just trusted him. Before I knew it, skin just started growing back on my face, which... I knew it was God because the plastic surgeon said nothing's going to come back. You're going to have to graft skin from somewhere to put there. But I refused that. I trust God. And he, to me, I think he healed myself pretty well. I think he healed, healed yes, me pretty well. So <laughs> I agree. Yeah. But that was the day that kind of changed my life. I said, Q, God has really been with you. I can't keep running. So within that year or whatever, after I done had Nyla, because, you know, she was fine when we did the ultrasound with her. But I think maybe probably was like two, about when she was maybe about two, that's when I said, okay, yes, Lord. Yeah, but he had to get me to that place just for me. You know, that's why I'm like, look, if God is telling you to do something, just do it. Just do it. Obedience is better than sacrifice because he will get your attention. He will. And he definitely woke me up. <laughs> <laughs> so you're like, all right, okay, yeah, God, like, we, don't need, right. we don't need nothing else. Yep. I, I hear you yep. loud and clear. I hear you loud and clear. So is that when you started 
officially preaching. Mm-hmm. Like, so you had to like service to get your title and all that. <laughs> But look, this is how we did it. I don't want what they call an initial sermon type thing. Uh-huh. You know, I just always been like, I don't deal with that traditional stuff mm. or whatever. I don't want to do that. In my in my mind, I've been bootlegging all this time. Just get me I've up been, there. I've been preaching I've initial been, yeah, So get just get me up there <laughs> on a Sunday morning. And that's what it She's is. She's a minister now. Okay, <laughs> clap your hands. <laughs> Next. And that, yeah, and that's how it happened. Yeah. Yeah, that's how it happened, so. Mm-hmm. So you get to the place where you stop running. Y'all have another child? Xavier. After Nyla. Yeah, but that was kind of like years because Nyla's 21, he's 16. So wow. that, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know where he came from. <laughs> <laughs> and I still tell Zay today, I don't know where you came from. <laughs> so between Nyla and Zay, mm-hmm. you start preaching. Mm-hmm. Okay. Being a mother of four, mm-hmm. about to be five, mm-hmm. were you still in school? Yep, I was always in school doing something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now you add preaching to it. Mm-hmm. Was that stressful? It was. Yeah, it was. It because even though I think it came became more stressful because now to me greater the responsibility. You know, versus me being behind the shadows. Now I'm forefront along with everything else. So, yeah, that was very stressful. And I even remember a period of time where um, even their dad told me I was depressed with Xavier, but I didn't know it. At that time, I didn't know it. I didn't even realize I was depressed, but I was really depressed but yet functioning. So let's talk about that because a lot of people don't know when they are like, Depressed but functioning. Mm-hmm. What does that look like? You're still doing everything mm-hmm. that you would normally do, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Do do you feel any difference? Did you feel a difference? And that's the that's the crazy part. I didn't feel different, but people from the outside can look and say something's off. But I guess because I was still functioning. Yeah, so I went through a period of depression. So do you think it would have been more recognizable if you weren't doing so much? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's with a lot of us. We don't recognize whether it's stress, whether it's anxiety, whether it's depression, because we try to keep ourselves so busy. And then the moment we get still and not do anything, that's when it all hits, mm-hmm. you know. But when you're constantly functioning and walking in your elements you can't recognize it you can't recognize it so did you get to a point where it hit yeah i Mm. finally got to a point where it hit i was i was terrible Mm. yeah i was terrible i was not good Mm. (laughs) for myself for my kids for others i was just it's almost like you're a walking zombie Mm. you know I, i wasn't good at all yeah i wasn't good how did you get through that I can't even, I don't know. I think it was more so prayer, God. And it was one day, it's like, it's kind of like, it just, you just snapped out of it. Mm -hmm. You know, that's why I knew it had to be God intervening because I can't tell you a specific way of, or how it happened. It's just one moment, you, you just wake up out of it. You just, you know, and the sad thing, I didn't go through like counseling. Again, I was still that introvert. I didn't know who to talk to. I didn't know who to trust because once again, I didn't really recognize it until it did hit. But 
I just prayed. Mm-hmm. And I it's kind of like I would ju- I just had to wait until it was lifted. I can't really explain it, but yeah. And how long was that period? A year. Yeah. A year. Yeah, a year. But you're still having to be a mother. Mm-hmm. Still having to be a wife. Mm-hmm. Still having to do the first lady thing. Mm-hmm. Not feeling good. Not feeling good at all. And then one day, after a year, it broke. It broke. When it broke, what was the next thing you did after it breaking? Um, that's when I well, I got even more busy. <laughs> <laughs> I got even more busy because I felt like, wow, time has passed, and it feels like it's so much for me to do. I, yeah. you know, and I got to this point where, um. I was working, um, still doing things, going to school and just kind of trying to live life, you know, or trying to be normal or whatever. But when I found myself trying to be normal, then that's when my marriage was falling apart. Okay. 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 So let's talk about that. Mm -hmm. Once you got to the place where you were feeling normal. Mm hmm. That's when your marriage started to fall apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to go here for a second. You okay. let me know what's too much. Okay. If you can't hold your mule, <laughs> don't give it to somebody that don't deserve it now. Nah. Please don't. You know he out here sleeping with everybody. Don't do it. And you gonna do it cause it feel good. Why cause it got a big thing thing or something? <laughs> that ain't that ain't. You know how many men folk around here? Never mind. I'm just. saying, there's plenty of fishies in the sea. If you enjoyed this clip of Be for Real, you can watch the full video. Just head over to RXS Entertainment YouTube channel. You can also listen on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Just type in B-E-F-U-H-R-E-A-L period. In marriages, from from experiences of what I've witnessed, and even with my wife, like, most of the time, women sacrifice themselves yeah to stay married yeah of course like literally yeah they set the stage for the man to become while constantly daily dying Mm -hmm. to keep the marriage together to keep it together and a lot of times the marriage is over once the woman say i'm sick of this because the man (laughs) can't handle you being a woman right like it's because it can it's it's that thing where it's like I don't know what it is mm-hmm. with men, mm-hmm. but sometimes it can be. And I found myself like I found myself uncomfortable when my wife is confident about something. Yeah. And I'm like, no, that's not cool, dude. <laughs> that's, just, that's not right. It's like you're not going to have her long if she can't be and you be supportive. Right. Every time you learn something about yourself, she's supportive. Mm-hmm. So for you, you come out of this stage. Mm-hmm. You're like, okay. It's time for me to be cute. Yeah. And at the same time, there's a slow mm-hmm. 
what was that process like? What of me becoming the, me and the, the like separate. to have the to yes yeah it was definitely an imbalance for sure yes it was an because I was growing into again we were kids so now I'm like adulting like I'm yeah. I'm really being adult now and so I'm coming into myself and it's like wow I didn't know the world was like because again it was just high school church so yes. I didn't even know what the world was. Like out out there, and so we always knocked, like you know. But it was because I was growing, he was growing, you know, because he wasn't that eighteen year old little boy, you know. And so when I realized that, we were kind of we knew then, like mm, we're totally different, mm. you know. But still, we're gonna make it work. Yeah, but we're totally different, you know, because. We were just we were just growing apart and that got kind of weird. But at the same time, we got comfortable with it. OK, yep, got comfortable. So y'all get to a place where it's like we not nothing alike, mm -hmm. but we're gone. Just. Yeah. So then y'all just kind of put the marriage on autopilot. It's mm -hmm. just kind of like, yeah, be here for the kids and for the church. Because that was the main thing. We didn't want the church people to say like, oh, my God. Da, 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 da. So we stayed in it because we didn't want to disappoint people. Yeah. yeah. But yet we were disappointing ourselves. Yeah. So you both got to a place where y'all weren't necessarily happy, but it just it wasn't good optics. Right. Yeah. Pretty much. Mm. Mm -hmm. Pretty much. So and a lot of people stay in relationships not happy. Yeah. Whether mm. it's for the kids mm -hmm. or to uphold an image. Mm -hmm. It's like, but people don't know what it feels like to go home and be like, I'm not okay. Right, right. Exactly. So mm -hmm. you're going home, you going to services and then coming home like. Like, oh, God. <laughs> Yeah, like, oh, God. <laughs> so I want to ask Because you we were like roommates. You know, um, we didn't talk. We weren't affectionate. None of that. It's like we got comfortable with dysfunction. And dysfunction doesn't mean arguing and stuff. Because the the weird thing about it is we never did that stuff. We It was just... The dysfunction was where we weren't living as how married couples should live. And I think we both got tired of allowing our children to see that and think it's okay for daddy to be in this room, mommy in that room, or we're all watching a movie, but we're not talking, but we're talking to the kid. You know, that, <laughs> yeah, that is awkward. Just, it's awkward. It's awkward. But then we go to church and it's like, hi. <laughs> so, so I want to, did any, did any of the kids ever ask questions? This is when they only, well, no, they really never uh, ask questions. They basically just, told us what they sensed a long time ago when we finally came to the decision of mommy and daddy is just not going to do this anymore. Mm. And they were like, well, y'all should have told us that years ago because we recognize that. Because we were thinking, well, when they get to a certain age, this is when we'll let them know. So y'all think y'all good. Y'all playing it off. Y'all <laughs> yeah, just fine. They ain't going to know. We'll tell them later. 
Yeah. And the whole time they on to y'all. Yeah, because how we said it, we're going to do one of them at a time. And we're going because we want their thoughts where we feel like nobody is uh, pressured to say anything because sister is looking or whatever. So, and I kid you not, every single one of them us being alone with them said the same thing like ma that we knew we knew that yeah we knew so once y'all talk to them and they tell you we knew mm-hmm. did it like the pressure lift from y'all like yes we looked at each other <sighs> we was like woo <laughs> <laughs> we thought that was hard <laughs> that was easy that's it's hilarious like, <laughs> like okay so now let's bring everybody together <laughs> <laughs> let's figure this out let's figure it out yeah Whoa. I think the most painful thing about it is because us being comfortable with dysfunction um it hurt my heart to know that wow I drug my kids through this. You know, that's why now my boys, I'm never getting married. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not getting married. You know, so now it's kind of like I'm trying to change their whole perspective and saying marriage is not bad. You know, even though we did it bad, you know, Mm. we we made some bad decisions. We could have handled this certain way, but we never want you to think that marriage is not good because it is. Yeah. Yeah. But to be honest, I think we screwed our kids up. (laughs) So like, okay. Okay. So, so what the, what do the girls think about it? About marriage now? Well, Zaria's married now. Okay. Yeah, Zaria's married, but she's totally different from me because I was the quiet one, but Zaria's more like, oh, no. Uh, we... Because of what I told my mom and dad go through, <laughs> no, we're not going to do that. It's either we're going to do this thing or we're going to do it right. We're going to communicate. We're going to do this. We're going to, yeah. So her marriage, even though they go through things like everybody, all marriages. yeah, all marriages do, but I commend them on their communication because that's something that we lacked. You know, we, we lacked at that. Nyla, she's more so like, you know, um, I think she wants it really, really bad, but I don't want her to rush it, you yeah. know, because it's a lot of people out here that's not really good for you to. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So And you mm-hmm. could be out here like especially like at Nyla's age mm-hmm. in 2024, things can get weird. Yeah, very weird. Mm-hmm. So yeah, she should you should Nyla, you should definitely. <laughs> Slow down. Right. <laughs> so let's talk about okay. So y'all decide mm-hmm. okay, we could the kids the kids were on to us, first of all. Mm-hmm. So we didn't do that well. Mm-hmm. But now mm-hmm. that they are good, let's do this. Mm-hmm. So y'all finally went through with it. Mm-hmm. Was it a bittersweet thing? Uh, or was it like No, it was more like, oh God, thank you. So yeah, oh, wait, 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 wait. Because it's been so long. That's what I'm so it y'all was so long. Y'all got to the place. Mm-hmm. Y'all had went so far. So far. That it was relief. It was relief. It was not bittersweet. It was relief. <laughs> yes, hey, we're just finally yeah, it was it was relief. Yeah, like, oh my God, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it would. Yeah. Not saying you don't miss an individual because you do, you know, especially when you share kids with someone. But on a personal level, it was definitely relief. It was for the both of us. Mm -hmm. So once you guys did y'all go through like the whole separation period thing? Uh Uh-huh. Yep. Did all that. So y'all did. So during the separation, like, are you still going to church? Yeah. Because at this time. Um, I mean, a lot had transpired on that time because he was um, 
um, promote, well, I don't want to say promoted, but he became an apostle. Okay. And then I was pushed to pastor. So during what? all this period, yeah. A minute. Yes. Wait. So I had to take on the church. <laughs> yeah. Y'all are in the process <laughs> of a divorce and you become the pastor of the church. Mm-hmm. What in the yep. what? Exactly. Yeah. Yo. It was a lot. Right. Yo. So were you okay with this? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was not. I was like, what? That don't even make sense. Um, this is your church and these are your people. <laughs> but when you have bonds with them, of course you know, like, okay, Q, you you can do this, you can do this. But I didn't think it was going to be solely dropped in my lap because that's what eventually happened. Like you so, were the pastor, pastor. And were you still pastor, like the pastor. coordinator too? Or you had gave that to somebody no, else? No, um, by that time, the church still kept growing. So I was able to delegate. Yeah, delegate. yeah I was able to delegate a little bit. So, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So you become the pastor. Mm-hmm. So, so how long did you pastor before the divorce was final? It was probably like five years. God knows. <laughs> it was five years. Yo. Five years. Long years. Yeah, five long years. Mm-hmm. So, like, are you preaching every Sunday? Every Sunday. What in yep. the world? Preach, preaching every Sunday. So, I want to ask you something as a minister, as a pastor. Mm-hmm. How do you stand before people every Sunday and preach? Mm-hmm. And then go home to your life being the way that it is. Mm. That's a good question. I, I don't. You just did it. Mm. It became normal. Yeah, it became normal, and a lot of people do it. Mm. <laughs> they may not admit to what they do, but when it becomes normal, you you don't really you know it's. Uh, you know it's a problem, but you kind of be naive to the face. Just like, uh, okay, this is this is just became my normality, and it is what it is. Yeah. Yes, because what people don't, what a lot of people don't know is it becomes just a function. Yep, just a function. It's like, okay, this is my responsibility. I'm the pastor. Mm-hmm. I gotta preach every Sunday. Mm-hmm. That just I that's what I gotta do. That's what I gotta do. So that's what I'm gonna do. And that's what I'm gonna do. Did you ever find yourself like um did you ever go before the people and preach a message that touched home? All the time. <laughs> Cause you're first partaker. Yeah. <laughs> All the time. So like, ah, this tough, this yeah, rough like, right here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All the time. Yeah. All the time. So five years you pastor. Mm-hmm. And then, okay. So are you still pastoring now? No. Of course not. But I just have to ask. I don't want to do this. But Hooray! No. <laughs> so, okay, okay. So I'm, I'm doing this for the people who really want to do this. <laughs> no, I'm not. So <laughs> did you like, t- take me through the divorce being final mm-hmm. versus I'm not a pastor anymore. Okay. What was that timeline? Like, how did that fall into place? Well, how did it fall into place? Well, how can I put it? How can I put it? Okay, it was was probably two years before COVID. Okay. All right, two years. I'm kind of thankful for COVID. COVID. Help help that out. Help. (laughs) 
Push me right on out of there. Push me right on out. This is my opportunity. Oh my God. I got to seize this. <laughs> so it's probably like two years before COVID. <laughs> yes, this is my chance. Right. Yes, my scapegoat. But yes, thank God for COVID. But COVID, COVID, um, two years before COVID, now the Lord did speak to me. He said, reset. I didn't know. I said, reset. You know, I'm thinking like, what in the world? And he spoke to me. He said, what if everything that you knew about me or church was wrong? That was one question. Then the second question, he said, and what if everything that you knew about you was wrong? So religiously, oh, I'm gonna do a conference on reset, <laughs> <laughs> which I think it was really personal. But I'm gonna do a conference on reset. I remember doing it in two locations: one in Henderson in the Oxford area, yeah, and then one here in Wilson. Did the reset or whatever, and I kept saying, "Lord, is this about me?" Because it was hitting home. When I say Everything changed after that. After the reset, that's when COVID hit. That's when COVID hit. And my life just started changing. When I say changing, it changed. You know, did you start even preaching at that early? time? No, because I ran. We weren't together. Okay, let's <laughs> talk about the running. Like drawing in, in it, how did it's you do like that? I'm gonna be unhappy. I'm what gonna up, be y'all? Miserable. Welcome to I'm another a, episode yeah, of the podcast. And this is just not gonna work. So we got I was Q like, okay, I gotta do what I gotta do. So eventually, I I'm ended good. up. It's I ended good to up see you. Giving it to someone like else, but that didn't work out. But at that time, I was like, I can't worry about it. Y'all figured it out. Y'all figured it out. I said, I'm not gonna do it. Jesus have to write it on the wall with his own blood to say go back. I'm not doing that anymore. Because I think even through that, even through that whole process, a single with the change, the separation, all of those things. Because me and their dad, we were separated a long time. It was kind of like seven years, you know, trying to kind of bridge that gap. But within the seven years, and still pastoring, like I remember being that's when I met someone else. That's the kid that did the thing at the church. Now I'm like the grown man. We were totally telling the kids what to do at the church. Right. It's crazy. It's crazy. Anyway, I want to get into your story. And I think he said, well, first I want like, to start at the beginning. You know, okay. why do you think you we born? met? Why, you I know, was born and the more and more we talked, I said, born in Wilson, but raised in Kenya. Interesting. For those who don't know, Kenya is like 
out there. But a little town. when um, Very little town. when but I met him, we kept Kimberly. trying to say we're so opposite. Really? And yep. I was so afraid to tell him I, mean, that, I was a that, minister. That, that, I didn't know what. But it was, was like, it like I remember our conversation uh, and I told him uh, that he did very, get real quiet. We never oh, oh, oh. That was the thing, though. Okay. It was a quiet town, like, but we were never bored huh? because uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, just like black people but that were it, there. It worked we out. No it's kind of like so, I so saw is where the town I so small that balance. all the black people just automatically but knew each other. We just knew each other. Me the yeah, we knew each other. Like, I never all ten of us. I went straight. So look, what about like school? Was the schools in Kenley? Yeah, Mary had an elementary to five kids. First lady. Yeah, and micro. And I'm and talking about school was micro. Mm, I heard it micro. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like how far is that? Y'all know, that I know it's a lot. No, a lot. it's like, but no, I get it because yeah. like y'all had to ride mm-hmm. 20 minutes to school. Sometimes and how far is micro from in Wilson. a position where um, you play? I would say part probably about a good fulfilling 40, the role. 35 40. It's not really yeah, like it's not too far. Depending on what side of Wilson you're coming into, but yeah. not too it far. It does. So growing up so Kenley, it's quiet. You love God. Mm-hmm. Elementary school in Kenley, middle You're school in with micro, them. High but at the same time, it's like in micro. As a crazy, kid, what were you mm-hmm. into? Sometimes, like what were your obligation like, to serve yeah. people? What were you involved mm. in? Well, in Can my be middle more school more of your focus years, than God. Than God. Okay. Was, so then you start just hooping. preaching. Okay. I know the text. I know the three points. Yes, it's a skill. Cheerleading sometimes. It wasn't really my, you know. Yeah. Right. It's a skill. I've mastered it. So you were good at ball. You couldn't tell me how not to. I know how. You get what I'm saying? Yes, <laughs> I know how. That's just like me walking in the prophetic. Like, Even though I know that that's good my at it, did gift, you ever but aspire to I be a do it so well. Yeah. It's, it's easy for me. It's I, easy for me. And I if I don't, you know, sometimes if I get your focus don't accept my. Bit, even though I know I was kind of good, t- it's mm-hmm. easy for me to walk back into it because I know how to do it. Yeah. I did it for twenty-one years, you know. But I don't want to do it because I know how to, or because I'm skilled to. I Great just want to be like in good God's grades. Will. You know, never no matter what never. it looks I never like, skip others. school. You know, I've oh, got to so just like, walk in. Did you like this so reset? You never skip school. Did you ever fake yes. six to not go? So, because like what? Mm. Like were you so like, walking in God's you're will? Playing is not, basketball, mm. you're playing basketball. You're chilling. It's not so, like you're not like I'm doing what God wants me to do because I'm a first lady. No, that could be like, but was it like being a first lady or was being a picking on you because you can sometimes uh, no well I mean you, you want to have some that yeah. pick at you anyway just like you like preaching yeah just <laughs> because you, you like because to get it crazy reminds me different. I won't yeah. I'm not, listen yeah. I've never um, understood that like I remember like, their father ended up telling me I have good he grades. says <laughs> I don't he understand says, like my I grades won't never that good but I still never understood this like what it's no need to apologize he said no 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 I need to from a he said because I he I said I had term, to come to the realization like the that I had you at a picking place on a person for having good grades for having good grades. But I mean, if you think about it, it was just their he said so. That's why 
exactly. it made sense. Yeah. So because you were trying to find your, yourself, your, there going to school. Uh, I went to school being diligent. I was doing everything trying to. He said, but I don't like that. I don't have good grades because I don't feel good about myself for having bad grades. Belong. There's something wrong with Shout him. out to mm-hmm. him for that. Exactly. Shout out to you. Because that's that's him. in those yeah. situations like to, with those um, few to be humble enough school, to admit. Did it make to you feel away when people did kind of that? Yeah. No, not yeah. really. Because, because I, I always felt always like I was just the shadow. Anyway, so it really even though I was there, I knew yeah. that wasn't mm-hmm. me. But I just so did it because I knew how to function, and I functioned well. I did. But your focus. He Same. knew mm-hmm. what at the time to? he didn't. He could say, "Oh, and, and it's you, strange you grow in it. Uh, oh. You 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 grow <laughs> in it." Uh, and I kept saying, ministry. Uh, "This is not okay. me. Right. You, you grow in it." But then after okay. everything, that's when God me. called me. At he came 14. to the realization that yeah. yeah. So I was, was nerdy, yet kind of cool. Mm-hmm. That was never but for you. Weird so you hit in the, the spiritual reset, sense, but. You Even at that time, I was bringing with. all the shout young kids. Gang, shout gang, out. gang. So <laughs> at fourteen, so you recruit. So where did um, doing hair come from? I was recruiting doing hair because what I was, was doing so much. Um, it was Zion yes. or whatever. I was. Where that's I remember at? I was helping. Um, I don't think it no longer exists. If it does, business. I think it's okay. online. And um, at the um, time, I was going to Elijah Forte. I was going to school. I was doing this. Went to school for dance. I also did radio for a while too. What? Yeah. So did so you it's almost to do like sports um, even though 
you focused on ministry? Doing hair is the baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you just needed to but learn ministry how to do hair became more to have the salon. More, yeah. To do what I've ca- so This is like the cover story. Did you start? Mm-hmm. You're going to do what I called you to do. Yeah. Regardless. This is what I called you for at nine. <laughs> but we're going to do it at the salon. Let's talk about the running. Yes, I ran. I really did. Exactly. It's like, which I don't, and I don't neglect the church. I know you Because that was my foundation. Yeah, that was my foundation. Because if I didn't have that, I wouldn't know how to do this. Yeah, absolutely. So I don't want people to think like, oh my gosh, she's just so like flowing uh, anti-church. It's not that or whatever. Okay, okay. Sometimes (laughs) so let's talk about bootlegging for a minute. (laughs) What were the things that yes, because like. Um, I definitely could say religious systems mm-hmm. can get Strongly. in the way mm-hmm. of I used, doing work for God. I feared mm-hmm. it. I didn't understand so what times, it was. I just knew I could look at a yep. person and it I'm hearing harsh. everything. Some people but don't understand true. what yeah. we're saying. It's true. But it's or I'm true. Saying, I Sometimes true. church is in God's way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's <laughs> what I, like I was that. told growing up with my father. Say that again to them people. Yeah, right there. Sometimes because <laughs> I used to say I've church seen is in God's way. God's way, right? And mm-hmm. and they weren't that for so spiritual. long. My parents make, weren't really that story spiritual, even though my mom went to church. But because she God wasn't comes to you that at night. spiritual. Mm-hmm. She's a seer, but with nobody she around articulate you to, help to me understand what was going on. So it's like, okay. So you many just times I just thought, so well, you're doing yeah, what you I'm think really is right. Like, or, and then you, you get know, married. I don't know. So I can't like, explain oh, it. I but I right just too. remember mm-hmm. okay, times I used kids, to say, I guess oh my God, of course he's a pastor. I'm going to be a first lady. So you're doing what you had to say that. I had to say that. Don't think I'm weird, but I see this and this. And their mouth is like dropped. You know, so I started by telling you more into that, and my former pastor at the time would say, and that's what you need pretty much did. Yeah, what are you afraid of? And I'm just sitting there like, so now I don't want. You're with a man that's not no pastor. That question. What were you afraid? of? You own a salon and never knew how to do hair until five years ago, right? That's crazy, man. That's insane, right? And you. Disobedient, are more, you know, because you hear you are following God's so will much, more now um, for how your can life I say than you, you ever you have, hear yeah. and you're not so doing much anything of the bad when that it comes to tradition and church says, mm-hmm. you know, versus the route talking about to be a minister, grace. exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. even if mm-hmm. I miss it, no. or even and I mean, exactly. like people who come on the pod, I say all the time, like even me, like you need to I used to people used to prophesy to me and that feared me, so I was like, I'm not saying a word. So you grew up in the era. Where mm-hmm. folks was in Man. church scaring people. Yep. I knew damn well. So so like at the time the I would be like it was y'all can't know what y'all talking like about. Right. Because mm-hmm. I ain't finna be because mm-hmm. it's like from okay. It. Mm-hmm. You, yeah. The only way to do that is a pastor. And I promise you, like if podcasting existed 40 years ago, most pastors wouldn't be pastors. But that was the only way that we that was the only way we knew to be able to use our voice to describe to lead people to Christ. Yes. That was the only platform we thought we had. Let's go. We have time. But now we have learned through me and Q that it's like there's ways to preach the gospel there's ways to minister there's ways to influence Mm -hmm. I was nine years old yep like Like, now there are some people who are called to do that yeah yeah I knew something was getting ready to happen because I 
for and it's like, oh my God, okay. either way, it's, it's okay. Like either way, it's okay. To go the biggest issue is okay. when you're not so, where you're supposed to be. Yeah, yeah, that's the problem. That's the problem. That's, that's room, the problem. That's the one problem. Night, and this is when like, I was nine years old. Go and, somewhere and hear from God and so my you can body, get where you're supposed to be. Or my spirit, rather, left my body. And like in your case, me lying it on the bed look, and I'm I like mean, what it's not then nothing I heard <laughs> the angel say everything come with me that you I left up my until room this point. you are now up. doing I, everything opposite. when I tell you mm-hmm. I have some it, stories I mean, went total, straight up <laughs> my spirit went straight opposite. up to the ceiling they total know, opposite and it's I'm like in another I commend realm. you mm-hmm. so when I'm in this realm I'm placed like you on a little small cliff but God that's all I will never forget a little small little bitty Cliff. And when I looked down, it was nothing. Die but fire. not reaching full potential because they prefer Heat. to And do I'm all like, oh my God, mm. it's hot. In my wow. mind, I'm thinking, they don't it's have hot. the courage I look yeah. down to be like, and I'm hearing people right, saying, let me, girl, let me pivot. Girl. Yeah. Like with this podcast, like water. everybody that knows it's me hot. from back home, little girl, mm-hmm. help us. I'm a keyboard us. player. I'm sitting I'm here drummer. looking down. I'm a music like, I couldn't right. say anything, but in my mind, I'm like, I've, oh my God, I've become this more really real. stable in my mind and in my spirit like, and with I'm my life sitting or standing from doing in this the than I would producing so any I'm album looking, or I'm hearing any people crying, I'm hearing concert. people yes. um, To the point now hot, where this, this, that. when people and then call me to I heard another um, voice, which with them, at the time I, I didn't understand, but it was God. And he said, look up. When I looked up, it's like. He said, "No, I'm real." Like he said, and "I I'm always knew what I was called to do." Mm-hmm. In the end time, but because to let my exposure was limited, that I am real, and he said, "I didn't know I had I'm other going options." To mm-hmm. use so you to speak become to a producer, those so they become won't a come here. Good musician. Said, this that's gonna real. be the path. Hell so at first real. it was weird because I'm and like, then "This is weird." Went back into my <laughs> and the podcast wasn't nine, even supposed nine to be nine years old. And immediately I jumped is. up, ran into it was the room with my mom and, my and daddy, <laughs> <laughs> scared, right, telling them what I saw. Music but tips of course, about you, because that's how you didn't see that. You crazy? I had a friend of mine, some old and that's when I felt like, okay, I'm just going to Tony Grayson because I didn't feel like nobody would see. For real, no. But anyway, I'll show you. So anyway. Anyway, remember Tony Grayson. Shout out Tony Grayson. Shout out Samoa. Mm-hmm. They're from Wilson. Oh, yeah. I, I know Tony Grayson. I had a lot her, of music yes, to But yes, not her son. So her son, yes. That's um, all you need. Know. Tony okay, Grayson, she go. But her son is one of my close one friends. One particular he time came to the house when for I was upstairs mm-hmm. and I was and lying like, down. All right, bro. I don't know. It's just every time I'm going to sleep. But you know what? That's how God gets you because you're not moving. You're not distracted. That's when he can totally speak to you when you're not distracted. And so I remember I was resting um, one day. I looked to him and I felt the atmosphere changing. I said, uh-oh. Oh, Lord. It's about to happen. So I just braced myself. In that moment, I said, So I heard like strong footsteps this is a platform coming up the that steps, will give people a voice that don't have a voice. My heart is like, people see oh us serving. <laughs> or a voice <laughs> another visitation. Because so, I know people were curious um, I felt the presence come into the room. I am a teenager. She Yeah, I know. I realized like, we have conversations like these. I can describe it back then, it felt like electricity. And like people never know. It's like, so they could see you like you said, being the first I saw so my 
spiritual hand and wondering push it away. what happened. Yeah, what happened. Or people can away. see us doing music. And I actually music touched it. And because it we have a lot of streams, they think our the life stairs, is cool. Mm-hmm. The door or closed. people can see preachers who have a lot of members and think it's all good. So and the next day, yeah, really yeah. we really we got real life stuff church, going on. So real life. And it makes a difference when people hear from us because we influence a lot of people. It's okay. You good. And without them knowing our stories. Before... We got on we the can road. seem superior, and the yeah. so they can start here, to worship an image right of mm. us. I sat down, that's good. but and when we tell them our stories, they're like, "Oh, they're no different than and us." The so then that's when we can encourage him. people, like, if we and got through it, you can get through it. Yeah, exactly. Because now we're not a deity to them anymore. Mm-hmm. We're somebody that they aspire to, to be. To be, but they can also relate with our stories to say, "Hey, yeah, we all human. We all go through things. We all have to transition. Things ain't always easy, but but that was one of my teenage." And that's what this is. It's life. life. Yes. I don't know and how he didn't know sometimes we feel like about that. Uh, I kept no, it to myself, don't go but through the next life, the Lord moments spoke through and him. experiences. Yes. It's, it's life. It's life. It's life. It's life. Yeah. came to yeah. talk to you. And I, and I can say, and I look, thank still God even in for still all yes. that I went through. Still running. So, I, I thank you God. Remember because even where I am now, I'm just, I'm grateful. Some things I still don't. Understand um, all it was probably because God hasn't revealed 20s. everything to me, time, but I it just gives me that Nina. comfort to know so, that. So yeah, it was probably yeah, in my you're in my right late twenties. You you on the right path, even though because so by that different time I was married because I had married to readjust into ministry and things like and that stuff, so, or whatever. Yeah. But so let's talk about that. It feels good because where I was, it didn't feel good. Interesting. It didn't feel good. It didn't feel good. But now I can say this feels good. Yeah, this feels good. (laughs) That's why I I say I have friends outside of the church, but I I actually met him when I was always say, Oh my God, you smile more. You know, and I So you met him after So even people who've always known you see the difference. See the difference. It was just somebody you kinda met and saw and knew. I won't never forget. But he wasn't in church. That's crazy. He wasn't in church. His um his so wedding at 18 and we y'all were got dancing. married he still wasn't in nobody never no saw by that, that time you know he was, he was telling me because okay. I, I don't know how to dance but he 14, was kind of telling 15, me i drew two, three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. he was got when I we were having fun because i was telling him gotta go like, here to oh my god <laughs> you live in life and he ended up you know i'm proud of you i'm this i'm that so again even though we may feel like people don't see our unhappiness, so and all, but they do. Saved. They do, and then they can see the changes. Pass. Yeah, y'all get yeah, married. They can see mm-hmm. the changes well. You're but yeah, I'm just living. And he told so me, I'm he sure said, he's around that age. Gotta learn how to I think live. Like 20. Okay, because I was so yeah, much just being by the time you get up there, that's the same age. Yeah. At 14, so, I didn't know anything else. You know, when he y'all just got said, married, you were you aware? Live. You gotta live of ministry coming, or you had no idea. Either. I'm so yeah. happy for I'm you. I'm living. Yo, that's I'm crazy. And, it's funny and then the, the thing about the Lord it that I can say me where I'm living 14. is because mm-hmm. even when, after even we in had got that, married um, at 18, God, I think like, I turned 19 and God really called no him struggle. into ministry. And, and see, that's one thing too. After when I thought okay. I was doing what I supposed Unless to do, he was just more was of yes, Lord versus me. So he becomes a minister. How am I doing what I thought supposed to be? In the You're will of the Lord, still kind of Yeah, 
I'm struggling. The lights Y'all are out. None. The cars are getting repossessed. No. We don't have okay. food. Right. right. And the, and the so crazy thing about that Zaria. is... What is it Church like people in ministry? <laughs> That's what God's people are supposed to do. Yeah. He's in ministry. This running. is what you got to go through. Right. What, <laughs> what is going on? What you got to go through. And it's like everything. Uh, no. No. I didn't know no, what me I was now, doing. No. You know. That was I mean, the devil. As far as him that being was the devil. It's no way. No. Our I mean, God is, I, I is not like that. that. I got he wants that, us to live and live abundantly. Um, and so a even lot that you didn't with our, understand, and, and me and their father talked about this because I saw him more when devoted we separated to that when the blessings us was coming as a young for him married couple in his life so, yeah. and for me. And but how did you when feel? When we were together thinking we're in that. the will of God, we're doing at that wrote, time because of the lack of understanding was coming from about it. I was just dark, thinking again, I'm not saying it can't happen to me now. I'm not saying that. But Why it was supposed constant, to be constant, mm. constant, so, constant. Who wants to let me let me yeah. enter? Mm-hmm. So when God said hit that I'm reset really button, not all the way. Okay I was like, where's it? <laughs> and I'm not where's sure it? If this is right. Now. I don't feel yeah. like it. Right. And ever since I <laughs> but, but I'm just did that go reset, <laughs> oh, I'm hit about three different text breaks. Let's go. Let's really go. Yes. And then it's like we didn't know. Even the one that I God, and we wanted to please God. Yes. And to be and to be honest. So now I'm younger he has than y'all, two businesses. Yeah, one in yeah this is what we do. Yes, no. Yeah, this is what we do. That, this is how we should live. Yes. There are some I'm not people back. in some situations that will all be also have this. Yeah, this got me crunk. I ain't gonna lie. I ain't gonna lie because you can get when you, you grow up number one in a small mm-hmm. town from mm-hmm. and when you grow your up family in obligations right. religious like systems God first mm-hmm. don't yo mean. you can be blinded to what's possible bro <laughs> yep you really can it can, can. Mess, you it can mess you up <laughs> yeah it, it really can that's not it, what it that means it can literally God. mess you it up and keep you that's in a place that's not what that means for years like thinking a lot I'm pleasing God when God is saying look there's so much more so much more like, if for you. You just got to tap in. And mad basically, too, become deaf yep, exactly. to what everybody like, is saying. Yeah. To most of the time, we saying. never see like... You, we, and I want to hear from you about this it. Process, I've got to tune times, my ear only to him. first lady, she just get fly. She because come in there, she participate with service. You don't never know. For <laughs> she probably sick of that joker. And others told me what I should do and how I should do it. But y'all play the part so well. Even if I had to walk in the wilderness... For quite so did some you time, ever find yourself like to playing get the part? For myself. Of course, yeah. uh, I did. Of course, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm happy. Yeah. I, I was just about to say that, like, like the fact standard. that you're happy, yeah. and the I fact that you get you, to and you, and do I you don't do want to use the term people. that you did, but it is. You gotta play the part. Yes, you really gotta play the part. Even though behind the scenes, it could be like jacked up, screwed up, a couple tags back in the game. Game, we out here. It's so obvious to get it. Yeah, it's good then. So That's did, when you know so when you're you old, you're doing good. You're doing good. I don't look for it. Yeah, 
Yeah, man. Uh, so that's a whole different level. I don't live for refunds. He was, he was there <laughs> sometimes, but when it did come to the kids, so I did we feel go, like, like a lot of responsibility was on me. What's the name of your salon, first Because of studio even by that time, we were yes. having kids oh. like doorsteps. Okay, so how many kids do y'all have? And what's the address? Okay. Okay. Because I think Zaria and Nyla are the only ones I know about. Really? I want you because I've seen them online. Oh, I yeah. seen Zaria online, say, and then of course I met Nyla. Mm-hmm. So y'all have She's Zaria between mm-hmm. the ages, and of then we had Justin, fourteen and So okay. how old were you when y'all in had a small Justin? town? Um, he's what she three years difference mm. from Zaria. So <laughs> Based about on twenty-one. What I had experienced. So, so far. are you still mm-hmm. running at the time? If you had to talk to her, yeah. what would you? Say? Okay, so good God, <laughs> good gracious. So okay, still running but bootlegging. Because if the Lord told me to say something. I'm going to say it. Okay. You know, yes. So, so I got to ask you a question. What right. you should do. You got to learn Are to you really bootlegging? your own path. Mm-hmm. Don't let anyone because else Because I think the church you. system yep, makes us it. feel like path. we That's what I would tell Tito. Even if, yep. even but if sometimes there are people with Create spiritual gifts Because you're going to get the answers you need along the way. And they're are going better to come, representations but as long as you do of what you feel Christ in the body of Christ than the title do. people. Yep. But anyway. Yep. So, <laughs> that's a whole other subject. But I've learned that in my now. Yeah, but at the time, you just you felt like you were bootleg. I felt like I was bootleg. Like, yeah, because yeah, you ain't legit without a title. Right. That's how they make you feel. That's how they make you feel. With no yeah. Exactly. So, so you Even have your you second fall. child, Justin. Mm-hmm. You still Get running. Like, yes. like, are y'all like Get in full up. ministry? Like, does your path. husband have a church at this point? Yeah, yes. Man. Because when by the time Justin was here, again. that's what it I was like a year later after he was called to ministry. Create your own path. And that's when I was like, I have so many. Like, um, I, this is too much. To Th- this is really too much. Like, but again, don't know. Like, I don't know my time. I don't know, with, you know my whatever. Because I, I was like, said this, look, this is what that, God is calling when you to you do. Look on their sleeve, then, cut. you know, I support. I, I got your back. Yeah. And that's, yeah. because and that's so, where that's um, where the lines in life because they're trying to live for because you've had this encounter with God at nine years old. So mm-hmm. you're at a place where it's path. like, and it's okay, okay to God, mess up. It's okay. I'm growing up. I'm a That's woman. That's why we have grace. I have two children. I have a husband who's have a grace. pastor. Don't be hard on yourself. I gotta Most go of the time, where you're That's a problem like, too. Even We're though so I don't know hard much, on right? If this when is you, saying, I gotta well, figure you it out. Say, it's yep, okay. Gotta figure it out. It's okay to err. It's okay to make a wrong decision. But still, get back on right. the path. At the end of or the you're day, not going to be happy ten years from be now. Comfortable doing with more. something and someone else told I you to do, like or walking down a road my true self because grandma did it, have a big or grandpa did it. World, you know, yeah. People that I know mm-hmm. when that's not the case. Create I was your own kind of that's scared exactly what I, I wouldn't be so deep in it. Just create your own My parents have told me many times because it's so much to learn in your own self awareness. Wish they could do what I. Do and integrity, I like, mm, all I those things that. come Since along. I was with really it. young, mm-hmm. I really finding like yourself, speak, discipline. and make people feel better in life. And so it's a lot with that. It's just That's something so I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Thank you. 
Thank you. Hi. The, um, the willingness is to share your story. And, and that was Nate's place. I know it's going to help. If you want to catch more, I hope so. And the so fact that you weren't on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and RSS Entertainment. You were just a little bit. But you did it anyway. But I did it anyway. Well, the fact that you did it in spite of being and if it's not something they prefer even if you do good just like having good grades if it's something they can't do they find the problem I didn't have no experience I was only married exactly. two years. So thank you for being mm-hmm. brave. What can I inspired? tell a person? Oh, you know, so yeah. it had to be great. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a pleasure. Uh, yes. yes. So, it had y'all think y'all so then y'all have the third child. Uh-huh. How many years later was that? Out. Um, let me see. Justice 24, Chris 21, so three years. Okay. Mm-hmm. You have what's his name again? Chris. Chris. So you have Chris. Mm-hmm. Are you still running? Yep. Good God, Q. <laughs> you was playing. You was you was out there. What? Still running. Still still running. So now, so now, is the church growing as the children are coming? Uh huh. Yep. Church is growing. Okay. So so let's paint the picture because it's like that. Sound good. <laughs> That sounds good. It sounds we good. had we had more children and the church is growing. No, that's actually like counterproductive when it's not handled when properly. When it's not handled properly, yeah. Because it's like it's like the more the church is growing, mm-hmm. the more you at the crib with the kids. And I'm mm-hmm. sure you're going to church, and I'm sure you're active. But if the church is growing, he has more responsibility. Mm-hmm. And then pastors have this thing where they feel obligated to do certain things that they really don't got to do. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's like, so did it become stressful for you? Um, at at time, this point. Yeah, at times it did because most of the time, and I can say about being a pastor's wife, it's like you're behind the scenes, but you're doing most of the work. Okay, let's 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 yeah, talk about that for a second. You're doing most of the work, but you're not getting the credit. credit. Yeah. Mm. What kind of work were you doing, or what kind of work are you referring to in general? Mm-hmm. Whether it's administration, putting conferences together. You know, if he said, "Oh, I feel like doing a conference," okay, I'll set it up. I'll. I'll call, I'll do this, I'll do that, get choirs in, pray. I was doing all of that. So you like the event planner, the, <laughs> the, the coordinator, the and, yeah. and the crazy thing is these are roles and these are jobs mm-hmm. that people should be like getting a salary for. Yeah. So you like you working. Like yeah. you so for you free. you <laughs> for free. <laughs> for Free. <laughs> <laughs> so so at this point though mm-hmm. do you think in your mind that it's just a part of it do, are yeah. you thinking like this is what i'm supposed to do this is what i supposed to do yeah this is what i supposed to do and for years i lived in the shadows yeah mm-hmm. yeah lived in the shadows still trying to find myself yeah because not only did i have kids doing ministry but yet i was in school Getting degrees online. So, yeah. So, I had a lot. Okay. Let's talk about that. Mm -hmm. What did you go to school for? Um, Education. Okay. So, 
I have a nine month old right now. Mm -hmm. And it is interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. And me and my wife both be at the crib all the time. Mm -hmm. So to ever be in a position where, so like, did you go to all services or did he like go to revivals and stuff sometimes? All services. Oh, and so, so you, I'm taking care of the kids during the day, online, one one on the lap, one over here, one over there, going to school, then getting them ready for church. Yeah. Like, did you ever have to take the computer to church? <laughs> no. Okay, good. I would good, never good. do that. Okay, that's good. It's good. It didn't get that bad. <laughs> no, it didn't get that bad. Sheesh. <laughs> I'm just imagining, like what you're doing yeah that's a lot it's a lot so you're in school you're raising three kids mm-hmm. and you're the event coordinator for all <laughs> services all <Yeah>. conferences <laughs> good god yeah pretty much handling the finances of the ministry all of that yeah so it you were the trustee lot. too yeah i was all that <laughs> <laughs> I was all that in one. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. And then because I was home, I was more um, accessible to people. So you had people calling you all the time. So I was a counselor, a therapist. I was all of that. Yeah. It was a lot. So now let's go to the fourth <laughs> child. Nyla Bug. <laughs> <laughs> so y'all have Nyla. Yes. How old were you? Um, how many, there how was many like years a, was, there was about 16, her and Chris are like 16 months apart. So okay. They, so they yeah, were really back. They to back. were really back to back. So we still running? Still running. Good God. <laughs> Up until a certain point when maybe Nyla, cause I did stop running within that year, but it was because of an experience that I had where I said, I can't run anymore. Was it like tragic? Yeah. Do you want to talk about it? We can. Let's talk about it. What happened? <laughs> um, I was in almost a near fatal car accident. Mm-hmm. Yep. What happened? Well, um, I won't never forget this day. Um, I had loaded the kids up to go pick them up from work. And um, I was pregnant. I'm always pregnant. But I was, <laughs> I was, um, Pregnant with Nyla or whatever at the time, went to go pick him up from work and we swapped because I didn't feel like driving. So he was um, got in the car. We driving down the road. And back then we had like this truck with a cassette tape that you pop in. So he was popping in. I won't ever forget. It was an R. Kelly. (laughs) I believe I can fly. (laughs) And he popped it in, but it fell out. He reached down to get it. So he reached down to get it. He was going for it the second time. I said, don't don't worry about it. He said, no, I got it. Those were the words that I remember him saying. He said, no, I got it. He put it in, dropped it again, reached down. But by this time, when he reached down this time, the um, truck veered off the road. And at this part, it was like construction going on where Wilson Christian Community okay. School is. It was right in front of that. And the truck hydroplane. And so while in the process of it hydroplaning, I was thrown from the window shield. They said 20 feet. Whoa. Yeah. And I'm carrying Nyla. So, but I was thrown from the window shield 20 feet. Like, were you knocked unconscious? They tried to say I was, but I wasn't. I remember 
everything. <laughs> I remember everything. Yeah. I remember um, I was laying on the road and I can hear screams and holler. I heard my children. I mean, because even while the accident was happening, I'm, the, the glass is, is crashing. I'm hearing all of that. So I remember laying on the road and I remember by the voice, I could tell it was a Caucasian woman. And she came to me and she put her like a cloth or something on my forehead because blood was just running, running, running. And so she spoke to me and she said, I don't know who you are and your relationship with God. She said, but I see angels fighting on your behalf. And she was saying they're fighting against death. And so when she said that, all all I could remember was tears because I couldn't I couldn't speak. But in my mind, I was saying, well, Lord, you know, you get religious. Lord, in my mind, well, Lord, if it's time for me to go, I guess I've done what I supposed to do. Then whatever your will is. It is, you know, let your will be done. This is what I'm saying in my mind. Out of all the sirens, the screams, so audibly, you will not die. This is, I heard his voice so clear. You will not die, but you will declare the works of me. Next thing you know, I'm in the ambulance. I'm remembering everything. You know, I'm in the ambulance going to Wilson Medical or whatever. Um, get, I'm getting a little choked because <laughs> I'm okay. so sorry. No, it's I okay. I remember it. Um, I'm going in there. Next thing you know, I'm thinking like, okay, I just heard that word from God, so I'm going to be okay. So by that time, when I get into the room, now I'm hearing nurses call the priest. Call the chaplain. This is what I'm hearing. I'm like, wait a minute, Lord. Now you just said I'm going to live, but this is what I'm hearing. Call the chaplain. Call the chaplain. They're they're ripping off my clothes, sticking needles in me or whatever. And um, next thing you know, when I finally was able to just gather, because by that time they were just pumping me with everything. And I remember the little chaplain man coming in and he's praying and things. My mom and dad came in or whatever. And I saw my dad cry for the first time. I never seen this man shed a tear. So when he looked at me and he cried, I knew something's bad. Like something's really, really bad. I couldn't talk, but I knew something was bad. Then finally, um, when they cleared the room, I think it probably was maybe a good 30, 45 minutes, um, the anesthesiologist came in Mm -hmm. and he was um, talking about, you know, we're getting ready to um, do plastic surgery and things like that. So. In my mind, I'm still thinking, like, what did what just happened? I think because my body was so much in shock, I didn't feel pain mm-hmm. or anything. So I asked for a pen, paper. Mm-hmm. So I was writing, like, give me a mirror. Nobody would give me a mirror. And I'm like, what do I look like? What, what's wrong with me? Nobody would say anything. Just, just relax, just relax. So the plastic surgeon comes in and he's like, well, you have some abrasions. You have this. You have that. Okay, what? So he he was trying to he was trying to like. Yeah, like kind of ease his way into saying you look bad without saying you look bad. So 
I was like, no, I I need to see me before. I'm like writing. I need to see me before I make any decision. They wouldn't let me. So I refused. I wrote on the paper. I won't never forget. I wrote on the paper and I said, I trust God. And I refused plastic surgery. I don't know if it was a religious thing where I said, whatever scars I have, it'll be my testimony, you know. So I remember days in the hospital, couldn't walk, couldn't talk anything had some experiences up in there i'm telling we we gotta go but i can really no, say a lot of stuff listen i promise <laughs> you got me talking now No, let's go <laughs> <laughs> and so even had certain experiences there but when i finally was able to get up and walk um all of the window uh, mirrors in the room were covered with towels and things and god bless her soul the late Co-pastor Michelle Hargrove, she was right there with me. That was my buddy. She was right there with me. Yeah. I even wrote to Michelle. Michelle, I know you got a mirror in your purse. Girl, I ain't got you know. Girl, I ain't got no mirror in my purse. <laughs> yeah, that's da, da, da. But finally, when I was able to get up, I remember asking, "Please, I haven't seen myself like in over a week. I need to see what I look like." They put the towel off the mirror and when I looked at myself I said oh I wrote I'm never coming out the house again my skull you could see my skull Mm -hmm. it was pretty much opened um this right here on my nose like where the bar is Mm -hmm. split open Mm -hmm. from here to here split that's Mm -hmm. why I couldn't talk or whatever road burns Everything from from head to toe. This side of my face, no skin. No, wow. I mean, white, no no skin. So, and I just cried. I was like, I can't. I'm not going outside. That's why I kept telling myself, I, I'm never going outside again. But then people were coming up to the hospital praying mm-hmm. and things like that and said, you know what? God is going to restore. Yes, you're going to have. Um, scars, but it's not going to look like what you've been through. And mm-hmm. I just trusted him. Before I knew it, skin just started growing back on my face, which I knew was God because the plastic surgeon said, nothing's going to come back. You're going to have to graft skin from somewhere to put there. But I refused that. I trust God. And he, to me, I think he healed myself pretty well. I think he healed, healed yes. me pretty well. So I agree. <laughs> yeah. But that was the day that kind of changed my life. I said, Q, God has really been with you. I can't keep running. So within that year or whatever, after I done had Nyla, because, you know, she was fine when we did the ultrasound with her. But I think maybe probably was like two, about when she was maybe about two, that's when I said, okay, yes, Lord. Wow. Yeah. But he had to get me to that place just for me. You know, that's why I'm like, look, if God is telling you to do something, just do it. Just do it. Obedience is better than sacrifice because he will get your attention. He will. And he definitely woke me up. (laughs) (laughs) So you're like, all right. Okay, God, we don't need we don't need nothing else. I I hear you loud and clear. I hear you loud and clear. So is that when you started officially preaching? Mm -hmm. Like, so you had a like service to get your title and all that? (laughs) 
<laughs> but look, this is how we did it. I don't want what they call an initial sermon type thing. Uh-huh. You know, I just always been like, I don't deal with that traditional stuff mm. or whatever. I don't want to do that. In my in my mind, I've been bootlegging all this time. Just get me. I've been, been preaching the initial been, sermon. Yeah, so get just get me up there <laughs> on a Sunday morning, and that's what it she's is. a minister now. Okay, <laughs> clap your hands. <laughs> Next, and that, yeah, and that's how it happened. Yeah, yeah, that's how it happened. So, wow. Mm-hmm. Oh. So you get to the place where you stop running. Y'all have another child, Xavier. After Nyla. Yeah, but that was kind of like years because now it's 21, he's 16. So that, yeah, mm -hmm. I don't know where he came from. (laughs) And I still tell Zay today, I don't know where you came from. (laughs) So between Nyla and Zay, Mm -hmm. you start preaching. Mm -hmm. Okay. Being a mother of four, Mm -hmm. about to be five, Mm -hmm. were you still in school? Yep. I was always in school doing something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So now you add preaching to it. Mm Mm-hmm. Was that stressful? It was. Yeah, it was. Because it, even though I think it came became more stressful because now to me, greater the responsibility, you know, versus me being behind the shadows. Now I'm forefront along with everything else. So, yeah, that was very stressful. And I even remember a period of time where um, even their dad told me I was depressed with Xavier, but I didn't know it. At that time, I didn't know it. I didn't even realize I was depressed, but I was really depressed, but yet functioning. So let's talk about that because a lot of people don't know when they are like depressed, but functioning. Mm -hmm. What does that look like? You're still doing everything Mm -hmm. that you would normally do, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Do, Do you feel any difference? Did you feel a difference? And that's the that's the crazy part. I didn't feel different, but people from the outside can look and say something's off. But I guess because I was still functioning. Yeah. So I went through a period of depression. So do you think it would have been more recognizable if you weren't doing so much? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's with a lot of us. We don't recognize whether it's stress whether it's anxiety, whether it's depression, because we try to keep ourselves so busy. And then the moment we get still and not do anything, that's when it all hits, Mm. you know. But when you're constantly functioning and walking in your elements, you can't recognize it. You can't recognize it. So did you get to a point where it hit? Yeah, I finally got to a point where it hit. I was I was terrible. Mm. Yeah, I was terrible. I was not good. Mm. <laughs> for myself, for my kids, for others. I was just, it's almost like you're a walking zombie. Mm. You know, I, I wasn't good at all. Yeah, I wasn't good. How did you get through that? I can't even, I don't know. I think it was more so prayer, God. And it was one day, it's like, it's kind of like, it just, you just snapped out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why I knew it had to been God intervening because I can't tell you a specific way of or how it happened. It's just one moment it, you, you just wake up out of it. You just, you know, and the sad thing, I didn't go through like counseling. Again, I was still that introvert. I didn't know who to talk to. I didn't know who to trust because once again, I didn't really recognize it till it did hit. But 
I just prayed. Mm-hmm. And I it's kind of like I would ju- I just had to wait until it was lifted. I can't really explain it, but yeah. And how long was that period? A year. Yeah. A year. Yeah, a year. But you're still having to be a mother. Mm-hmm. Still having to be a wife. Mm-hmm. Still having to do the first lady thing. Mm-hmm. Not feeling good. Not feeling good at all. And then one day, after a year, it broke. It broke. When it broke, what was the next thing you did after it breaking? Um, that's when I well, I got even more busy. <laughs> <laughs> I got even more busy because I felt like, wow, time has passed, and it feels like it's so much for me to do. I, yeah. you know, and I got to this point where, um. I was working, um, still doing things, going to school and just kind of trying to live life, you know, or trying to be normal or whatever. But when I found myself trying to be normal, then that's when my marriage was falling apart. Okay. 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 So let's talk about that. Mm -hmm. Once you got to the place where you were feeling normal, Mm -hmm. that's when your marriage started to fall apart. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm going to go here for a second. You let me know what's too much. Okay. If you can't hold your mule, (laughs) don't give it to somebody that don't deserve it now. Please don't. You know he out here sleeping with everybody. Don't do it. And you gonna do it because it feel good. Why? Because it got a big thing thing or something. <laughs> that ain't, that ain't. You know how many men folk around here? Never mind. I'm just. saying. There's plenty of fishies in the sea. If you enjoyed this clip of Be For Real, you can watch the full video. Just head over to RXS Entertainment YouTube channel. You can also listen on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Just type in B-E-F-U-H-R-E-A-L period. In marriages, from from experiences of what I've witnessed, and even with my wife, like, most of the time, women sacrifice themselves yeah to stay married yeah of course like literally yeah they set the stage for the man to become while constantly daily dying Mm -hmm. to keep the marriage together to keep it together and a lot of times the marriage is over once the woman say i'm sick of this because the man (laughs) can't handle you being a woman right like it's because it can it's it's that thing where it's like I don't know what it is mm-hmm. with men, mm-hmm. but sometimes it can be. And I found myself like I found myself uncomfortable when my wife is confident about something. Yeah. And I'm like, no, that's not cool, dude. <laughs> that's just that's not right. It's like you're not going to have her long if she can't be and you be supportive. Right. Every time you learn something about yourself, she's supportive. Mm-hmm. So for you, you come out of this stage. Mm-hmm. You're like, okay. It's time for me to be cute. Yeah. And at the same time, there's a slow mm-hmm. 
what was that process like? What of me becoming the, me and the, the like separate? to have the to yes yeah it was definitely an imbalance for sure yes it was an Im- because I was growing into again we were kids so now I'm like adulting like I'm yeah. I'm really being adult now and so I'm coming into myself and it's like wow I didn't know the world was like because again it was just high school church so yes. I didn't even know what the world was. Like out out there, and so we always knocked, like you know. But it was because I was growing, he was growing, you know, because he wasn't that eighteen year old little boy, you know. And so when I realized that, we were kind of we knew then, like mm, we're totally different, mm. you know. But still, we're gonna make it work. Yeah, but we're totally different, you know, because. We were just we were just growing apart and that got kind of weird. But at the same time, we got comfortable with it. OK, yep, got comfortable. So y'all get to a place where it's like we not nothing alike, mm-hmm. but we're going just. Yeah. So then y'all just kind of put the marriage on autopilot. It's mm-hmm. just kind of like, yeah, be here for the kids and for the church. Because that was the main thing. We didn't want the church people to say like, oh, my God. Da, 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 da. So we stayed in it because we didn't want to disappoint people. Yeah. yeah. But yet we were disappointing ourselves. Yeah. So you both got to a place where y'all weren't necessarily happy, but it just it wasn't good optics. Right. Yeah. Pretty much. Mm. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. So and th- a lot of people stay in relationships not happy. Yeah. Whether mm-hmm. it's for the kids mm-hmm. or to uphold an image. Mm-hmm. It's like, but people don't know what it feels like to go home and be like, I'm not okay. Right, right. Exactly. So mm-hmm. you're going home, you go going to services and then coming home like. Like, oh, God. <laughs> Yeah, like, oh, God. <laughs> so I want to ask Because you- we were like roommates. Yeah. You know, um, we didn't talk. We weren't affectionate. None of that. It's like we got comfortable with dysfunction. And dysfunction doesn't mean arguing and stuff. Because the the weird thing about it is we never did that stuff. We It was just... The dysfunction was where we weren't living as how married couples should live. And I think we both got tired of allowing our children to see that and think it's okay for daddy to be in this room, mommy in that room, or we're all watching a movie, but we're not talking, but we're talking to the kid. You know, that, <laughs> yeah, that is awkward. Just, it's awkward. It's awkward. But then we go to church and it's like, hi. <laughs> so, so I want to, did any, did any of the kids ever ask questions? This is when they only, well, no, they really never uh, ask questions. They basically just, told us what they sensed a long time ago when we finally came to the decision of mommy and daddy is just not going to do this anymore. Mm. And they were like, well, y'all should have told us that years ago because we recognize that. Because we were thinking, well, when they get to a certain age, 
This is when we'll let them know. So y'all think y'all good. Y'all playing it off. Y'all <laughs> yeah, just fine. They ain't on that. We'll tell them later. <laughs> yeah. And the whole time they on to y'all. Yeah, because how we said it, we're going to do one of them at a time. And we're going, because we want their thoughts where we feel like nobody is uh, pressured to say anything because sister is looking or whatever. So, and, and I kid you not, every single one of them, us being alone with them, said the same thing like Ma, that we knew. We knew that. Yeah, we knew. So, once y'all talk to them and they tell you, we knew, mm-hmm. did it, like, the pressure lift from y'all? Like, Yes. We looked at each other. We was like, woo. <laughs> <laughs> we thought that was hard. That was easy. That's this hilarious. <laughs> like, okay, so now let's bring everybody together. <laughs> <laughs> let's figure this out. Let's figure it out. Yeah. Whoa. I think the most painful thing about it is because us being comfortable with dysfunction, um... It hurt my heart to know that, wow, I drug my kids through this. You know, that's why now my boys, I'm never getting married. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not getting married. So now it's kind of like I'm trying to change their whole perspective and saying marriage is not bad. You know, even though we did it bad, you know, Mm. we we made some bad decisions. We could have handled this certain way, but we never want you to think that marriage is not good because it is. Yeah. Yeah, but to be honest, I think we screwed our kids up. <laughs> so like, so, okay, okay. Up. So, so, what the what do the girls think about it about marriage now? Well, Zaria's married now. Okay. Yeah, Zaria's married, but she's totally different from me because I was the quiet one. But Zaria's more like, oh no, uh, we... because of what I told my mom and dad go through. No, we're not going to do that. It's either we're going to do this thing or we're going to do it right. We're going to communicate. We're going to do this. We're going to yeah. So her marriage, even though they go through things like everybody, all marriages. yeah, all marriages do. But I commend them on their communication because that's something that we lacked. You know, we we lacked at that. Nyla, she's more so like, you know, um, I think she wants it really, really bad, but I don't want her to rush it, you yeah. know, because it's a lot of people out here that's not really good for you to. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So And you mm-hmm. could be out here like especially like at Nyla's age mm-hmm. in 2024, things can get weird. Yeah, very weird. Mm-hmm. So yeah, she should you should Nyla, you should definitely <laughs> Slow down. Right. <laughs> so let's talk about okay. So y'all decide, mm-hmm. okay, we could the kids the kids were on to us, first of all. Mm-hmm. So we didn't do that well. Mm-hmm. But now mm-hmm. that they are good, let's do this. Mm-hmm. So y'all finally went through with it. Mm-hmm. Was it a bittersweet thing? Uh, or was it like No, it was more like, oh God, thank you. So yeah, oh, wait, 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 wait. Because it's been so long. That's what I'm so it y'all was so long. Y'all got to the place. Mm-hmm. Y'all had went so far. So far. That it was relief. It was relief. It was not bittersweet. It was relief. <laughs> yes, hey, we're just finally yeah. it was it was relief. Yeah, like, oh my God, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it would. Yeah. Not saying you don't miss an individual because you do, you know, especially when you share kids with someone. But on a personal level, it was definitely relief. It was for the both of us. Mm -hmm. So once you guys did y'all go through like the whole separation period thing? Uh huh. Yep. Did all that. So y'all did. So during the separation, like, are you still going to church? 
Yeah, because at this time, um, I mean, a lot had transpired on that time because he was um, um, promoted. Well, I don't want to say promoted, but he became an apostle. Okay. And then I was pushed to pastor. So during what? all this period, yeah. A minute. Yes. Wait. So I had to take on the church. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all are in the process of a divorce and you become the pastor of the church. Mm-hmm. What in the what? Yep, exactly. Yeah. Yo. It was a lot. Right. Yo. So were you okay with this? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was not. I was like, what? I don't even make sense. Um, this is your church and these are your people. <laughs> But when you have bonds with them, of course, you know, like, okay, Q, you you can do this. You can do this. But I didn't think it was going to be solely dropped in my lap because that's what eventually happened. Like you so, would have passed the pastor. And were you still like the pastor. coordinator too? Or you had gave that to somebody no, else? No, um, by that time, the church still kept growing. So I was able to delegate. Yeah, delegate. yeah I was able to delegate a little bit. So, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. So you become the pastor. Mm-hmm. So so how long did you pastor before the divorce was final? It was probably like five years. God told my nose. <laughs> it was five years. Yo. Five years. Long years. Yeah, five long years. Mm-hmm. So, like, are you preaching every Sunday? Every Sunday. What in yep. the world? Preach, preaching every Sunday. So I want to ask you something. As a minister, as a pastor, mm-hmm. how do you stand before people every Sunday and preach mm-hmm. and then go home to your life being the way that it is? Mm. That's a good question. I, I don't, You just did it. Mm. It became normal. Yeah, it became normal. And a lot of people do it. Mm. <laughs> they may not admit to what they do, but... When it becomes normal, you you don't really you know it's uh you know it's a problem, but you kind of be naive to the face. It's just like, uh, okay, this is this is just became my normality, and it is what it is. Yeah. Yes, because what people don't what a lot of people don't know is it becomes just a function. Yep, just a function. It's like okay, this is my responsibility. I'm the pastor. Mm-hmm. I got to preach every Sunday. Mm-hmm. That just I, That's what I got to do. That's what I got to do. So that's what I'm going to do. And that's what I'm going to do. Did you ever find yourself like, um, did you ever go before the people and preach a message that touched home? All the time. Because <laughs> you're first partaker. Yeah. <laughs> All the time. So like, ah, this tough. This yeah, rough like, right here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, ah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all the time. Yeah, all the time. So five years you pastor. Mm-hmm. And then, okay, so are you still pastoring now? No. Of course not. But I just have to ask. I don't want to do this, but Hooray! no. <laughs> so, okay, okay. So I'm, I'm doing this for the people who really want to do this. <laughs> no, I'm not. So <laughs> did you, like, t- take me through... The divorce being final Mm -hmm. versus I'm not a pastor anymore. Okay. What was that timeline? Like, how did that fall into place? Well, how did it fall into place? Well, how can I put it? How can I put it? Okay, it was was probably 
Two years before COVID. Okay. All right. Two years. I, I, I'm kind of thankful for COVID. COVID. Help, help that out. Help. So. <laughs> <laughs> Push me right on out of there. Push me right on out. This is my opportunity. Oh, I got to seize this. <laughs> so it's probably like two years before COVID. <laughs> yes. This is my chance. Right. Yes. <laughs> my scapegoat. But yes. Thank God for COVID. <laughs> but COVID, COVID, um, two years before COVID, now the Lord did speak to me. He said, reset. I didn't know. I said, reset. You know, I'm thinking like, what in the world? And he spoke to me. He said, what if everything that you knew about me or church was wrong? That was one question. Then the second question, he said, and what if everything that you knew about you was wrong. So religiously, oh, I'm going to do a conference on reset. (laughs) 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 Which I think it was really personal. But I'm going to do a conference on reset. I remember doing it in two locations, one in Henderson in the Oxford area and then one here in Wilson. Did the reset or whatever and I kept saying, Lord, is this about me? Because it was hitting home. When I say everything changed after that, after the reset, that's when COVID hit. That's when COVID hit. And my life just started changing. When I say changing, it changed, you know, because even at that time, while we weren't together and going through all that, I met someone. Yeah. Yep. Met. Gang, 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 gang. I don't, don't want to look over there. <laughs> gang, gang, gang. Talk to but, him. But I met someone and totally different, totally different. But I kept thinking about reset, reset, yeah. reset. And when I just said, you know what? And then when COVID came, I had to say, you know what? Okay. Do I keep this going or do I walk in my reset? Because I know if I kept going in it, it's like it's I'ma be unhappy, I'ma be miserable, I'm a I'm a yeah, and this it's just not gonna work. So I was like, okay, I gotta do what I gotta do. So eventually I ended up I ended up giving it to someone else, but that didn't work out. But at that time I was like, I can't worry about it. Y'all figure that out. Y'all figure that out. Because I said, I'm not going to do it. Jesus have to write it on the wall with his own blood to say, go back. I'm not doing that anymore. But even through that, oh, even through that whole process of of, um, the change, the separation and all of those things, because me and their dad, we were separated a long time. It was kind of like seven years, you know, trying to kind of bridge that gap. But within the seven years and still pastoring and still that, that's when I met someone else. Okay. And that's when my life totally changed. We were totally opposite, but he brought happiness. I did not know how to live. I kept saying, and I think he said, like, you know, why do you think we met? Why, you know, and the more and more we talked, I said, and I don't want to look over there. (laughs) But he's handsome, (laughs) y'all. Let me put that out there. But when um 
when I met him, we kept trying to say we're so opposite. And I was so afraid to tell him I was a minister. I didn't know what. But it was like I remember our conversation and I told him that he did get real quiet. I was like. Hello? <laughs> Hello? No, I'm just playing. But it it worked out. It's kind of like I saw where I brought him balance, but then he brought me the chance of living. I never lived. I went straight from, from high school to marriage. To, to five kids. To five kids. First lady. Yeah, and church. And I'm talking about... Mm, okay. <laughs> Okay, y'all. I know, understand. I know it's a lot. It's no, a lot. it's like, but no, I get it because, yeah. like, mm-hmm. sometimes you can get in a position where you playing a part, you fulfilling a role. It's not really like it becomes an obligation. Yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. So, like, you love God, mm-hmm. you're saved, mm-hmm. you're walking with Him, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's like. This is crazy, but it's true. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the obligation to serve people mm-hmm. can be more of your focus than God. Than God. So then you start just preaching out of knowing how to preach. Knowing What's how the, to preach. I know the text. I know it's the three skill. points. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a skill. skill. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's a skill. <laughs> I've mastered it. You couldn't tell me how not to. I know how. You get what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah, I know how. That's just like me walking in the prophetic, even though I know that's my gift, but I do it so well, it's, it's, yes. it's easy for me. It's easy for me. And if I don't didn't if I don't accept my now or my ch- it's easy for me to walk back into it because I know how to do it. Yeah. I did it for twenty one years, yes. you know. But I don't want to do it because I know how to or because I'm skilled to I just want to be in God's will Mm. you know no matter what it looks like to others you know I've got to just walk in this reset of mine yes Mm -hmm. so because like mm, walking in God's will is not an office it's not like Mm -hmm. I'm doing what God wants me to do because I'm a first lady no (laughs) No. that could be like because like being a first lady or mm-hmm. being a pastor can sometimes mm-hmm. put you out of the wheel. Yeah. But you just like zombie preaching. <laughs> <laughs> because it, it reminds me, I won't never forget. Um, I remember their father ended up telling me, he says, he says, Q, I apologize. So I said, apologize for what? It's no need to apologize. He said, no, 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 I, I need to. He said, because I, he said, I had to come to the realization that I had you at a place where you never belonged. And the He cr- said, so that's why it made sense because you were trying to find yourself yes. going to school. I even went to school to be a dental assistant. I went this. I was doing everything trying to find. He said, but now it makes sense. He said, I had you at a place where you never belonged. Shout out to him for that. Yeah. Shout out to you. Because that's that's heavy. Yeah. Like to um 
to be humble enough to admit that. To admit that and it's, acknowledge it's, that. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I always felt like I was just the shadow. Even though I was there, I knew that wasn't me. But I just did it because I knew how to function and I functioned well. Yeah. I did. But he knew at the time he didn't. He could say, oh, you, you'll grow in it. Uh, oh. you, you, you'll grow in it. Da, 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 da. And I kept saying, uh, this is not me. You, you'll grow in it. But then after everything was over, he came to the realization that, yeah, that was never for you. Mm-hmm. That was never for you. So you hit the reset button. Mm-hmm. You meet who you're now with. Yes. Shout out. Gang, Shout gang, out. gang. gang. <laughs> so, so where did um, doing hair come from? Doing hair because I was doing so much things yeah. or whatever. I was. I remember I was helping someone who was in the hair business. Okay. And um, at the time, I was I was going to I was going to school. I was doing this. Went to school for dental assistant. I also did radio for a while too. What? Yeah, I did radio. Let's go. <laughs> That's why I don't know why I'm so nervous because I did radio. <laughs> so I did radio, and so she suggested like, "Well, hey, you around hair? Why don't you do hair?" And I was like. I don't know anything about hair. I don't know what to do. But annoying me because I'm 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 that Leo. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do. I said, okay, I'll try it. Went to school for hair and didn't know anything, but yet I was like, okay, I, I could see myself somewhat doing this. You know, I don't say it was a gift of mine. It was more so a talent. Because yeah, people like- taught me how to braid. People taught me how to do I didn't know anything. So I did it, went and rented me my own little studio room, and it blew up from there. Yeah, and I was only there two years, and I was outgrowing the place. People thought where I was was already mine. I said, oh, no, this is not mine. I'm just renting a room, but I had so much clientele, I had to leave. So I won't never forget. I was sitting there like, Lord, what in the world? Why you anoint me to do hair? I did not know how to do any hair at all. And he says, he says, I'm bringing you to the marketplace. He said, your salon is your sanctuary. And I said, up my reset. I reach so many people now than I did in In 21 years in the church. Because you were ministering to the same people. With the same problem. Every Sunday. Every Sunday. <laughs> but now you have a diverse of people or whatever, uh, whether it's men, women, women, young boys, uh, older men. It doesn't matter. I reach more people now. Now, I'm not religiously doing hair and like, let me tell you what the Lord is. Whenever he prompts me to say something to someone. But yes, I'm more reachable now. Yeah. But he said the the salon is your sanctuary. So it's almost like um, doing hair is the bait. Yeah. So you just needed to learn how to do hair to to have the salon. (laughs) Yep. To do what I've called. This is like the cover story. Mm -hmm. You're going to do what I called you to do. Yeah, This is what I called you for at nine. (laughs) But we're going to do it in this salon and not in this church. So let me show you how to make sure you know how to do it. It, Yep, exactly. Which I don't. And I don't neglect the church. I know you Because don't. that was my foundation. I know. Yeah. yeah, that was my foundation because if I didn't have that, I wouldn't know how to do this now. Absolutely. Yeah. So I don't want people to think like, oh my gosh, she's just so like uh anti-church. It's not that or whatever. But sometimes it'll come across like that when you know you were in the wrong place. Yes, because yeah. like 
religious systems mm-hmm. can get in the way mm-hmm. of doing work for God. Mm-hmm. So at times, church is the problem. Yep. It sounds harsh to yeah, some people who don't true. understand what yeah, we're saying. It's true. But it's true. Sometimes true. church is in God's way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that. No, for real, I like that. Say that again to them people right there. Sometimes <laughs> church is in God's way. In God's way. Right. Mm-hmm. And for so long, it make your story and your path make sense mm-hmm. because God comes to you at nine. Mm-hmm. With nobody around you to help you understand. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you just got to figure it out. So you you're doing what out. you think is right. Mm-hmm. And then you get married. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, I guess this is right too. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're going to have kids. I guess that's what I'm supposed to Of course, he's a pastor. I'm going to be a first lady. So you're doing what you think you're supposed, supposed to do. To and then doing. God says, what if? Yeah, what if I told you? So- <laughs> mm-hmm. What if I told you that everything about Q's life is wrong? (laughs) And that's what he pretty much did. Yeah. Yeah. So now (laughs) you're with a man that's not no pastor. (laughs) No, no, no. And you own a salon (laughs) Mm -hmm. and never knew how to do hair until five years ago. Right. That's crazy, man. (laughs) That's insane. Right, right. Mm -hmm. And you are more you are following God's will more now for your life than you ever have. Yep. And you're not doing anything that tradition and church says is the route to be a minister. Exactly. Exactly. Mhm. Yeah. And exactly. I be telling like people who come on the pod, I say all the time like even me like I used to people used to prophesy to me and tell me like that I would reach people Mm -hmm. like and bring the message of God to people. Mm -hmm. And I knew darn well, (laughs) I won't finna be no preacher. So, but at the time I would be like, y'all can't know what y'all talking about. Right. Cause I ain't finna be, cause it's like, okay, you, the only way to do that Mm -hmm. is a pastor. Yeah. And I promise you Mm -hmm. like, if podcasting existed 40 years ago, oh, most, yeah. most pastors wouldn't be pastors. <laughs> yeah. But that was the only there way that we... Podcasting. That, that was the only way we knew yeah. to be able to use our voice to influence people, to lead people to and Christ. And to create a platform. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was the only platform the we only, thought we yep, had. That's it. No, no, sir. But now you mm-hmm. learn through me and Q that it's like, there's ways... To preach the gospel, there's ways to minister, there's ways to influence mm-hmm. that ain't in no pulpit. Bro. Yep, exactly. Like, now, there are some people who are called to do that. Yeah, yeah. And, and the good pe- for you. Yes. But not for me. Yes. <laughs> not for me. And it's like, either way, it's okay. Either way, it's okay. The biggest issue is when you're not where you're supposed to be. Yep. That's, that's the problem. That's the problem. That's the problem. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. Like, Go somewhere and hear from God mm-hmm. so you can get where you're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. That's good. And like in your case, it doesn't look, I mean, it's not nothing. <laughs> it's everything that you've lived up mm-hmm. until this point. Mm-hmm. You are now doing everything opposite. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, total <laughs> opposite. <laughs> total opposite. And it's yeah. like, I commend you mm-hmm. because... You could have been like, but God, that's all I know. Yep. Wow. And some people 
die not reaching full potential because they prefer to do all they know. Mm. Wow. They don't have the courage yep. to be like, all right, let me let me pivot. Yeah. Like with this podcast, like everybody that knows me from back home, mm-hmm. I'm a keyboard player. I'm a drummer. I'm a music producer. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I've I've become more stable in my mind and in my spirit and with my life mm. from doing this than yeah. I would producing any album or playing in any service or at any concert. Yes. To the point now where when people call me to um, produce records for them, mm-hmm. I say no. Mm. Wow. Because it's like, n- no. Mm-hmm. Like, I always knew what I was called to do. Mm-hmm. But because my exposure was limited, mm. I didn't know I had other options. Mm-hmm. So become a producer, become a good musician. That's going to be the path. So at first it was weird because I'm like, this is weird. <laughs> and the podcast wasn't even supposed to be what this is. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to be me and my wife talking about music. Oh, wow. Right. That's what we're going to do. We're going to give music tips about production. Because and that's recording all you vo- knew. Right. Right. I had a friend of mine, Samo. Shout out Samo. You know Samo from Wilson. Tony Gray's son. No. You don't know. T- <laughs> no. For real. No. But anyway, I'll show you. So anyway, Tony Gray's son. Shout out Tony Gray. Shout out Samo. Mm-hmm. They're from Wilson. I, I know pro- Tony Gray. Her, But yes. But perfect. not her son. So her son. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's all you need to know. Tony okay. Gray, she the goat. Yeah. But her son is one of my close friends. Mm-hmm. He came to the house for Thanksgiving. And I'm like, all right, bro. Since you here, would you mind being on the podcast? And he like, sure. Because mm-hmm. that's my brother. Mm-hmm. So we sit down. Mind you. I still think we just about to talk about producing albums. Mm-hmm. You're an artist now. Let's talk about vocals. Mm-hmm. So then I, I look to him and I say, hey, bro, is there anything off limits? Mm-hmm. And he's like, mm, no. In that moment, I said, oh, that's what this is. Mm-hmm. This is a platform that will give people a voice that don't have a voice. Right. People see us serving. Or a voice where people are just curious. Because I know people were curious about Q. Like, what is she yes. doing? Did she fall off? Did she this? <laughs> Did she that? I, yeah. yeah, I know. And to, yeah. and to, to I, I realize, like, we have conversations like these mm-hmm. behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And, like, people never know. Yeah. It's like, so they could see you. Like you said, being a first lady for so long and then transitioning Mm -hmm. and wondering what happened. Yeah, what happened. Or people can see us doing music and because we have a lot of streams, they think our life is cool. Mm -hmm. Or people can see preachers who have a lot of members and think it's all good and it's really not. Yeah, it's really not. We really got real life stuff going on here. Real life. (laughs) And it makes a difference when people hear from us Mm -hmm. because we influence a lot of people. Right. And without them knowing our stories, mm-hmm. we can seem superior. Yeah. So they can start to worship an image of mm, us. That's good. But when we tell them our stories, they're like, oh, they're no different than us. Yep. So then that's when we can encourage people. Like, if we got through it, you can get through yep, it. Yep, exactly. Because now we're not a deity to them anymore. Mm-hmm. We're somebody that they aspire to be. To be. But they can also relate with our stories to say. Hey, yeah, we all human. Mm-hmm. We all go through things. Mm-hmm. We all have to transition. Things ain't always easy, mm-hmm. but 
We can make it. We can make it. And that's that's what this is. Mm -hmm. It's life. Yes. I don't know how sometimes we feel like uh, we don't go through life moments and experiences. It's life. It's life. It's life. It's life. Yeah. Yeah. And I and I can say I thank God for all that I went through. You know, I, I thank God because even where I am now, I'm just I'm grateful. Some things I still don't understand all because God hasn't revealed everything to me, but it just gives me that comfort to know that yeah, Q, you on the right path. Yes. You, you you on the right path even though it's different or whatever cuz I had to readjust and things like that or whatever, but it feels good. Yes. It feels good because where I was, it didn't feel good. Mm. It didn't feel good. It didn't feel good. But now I can say this feels good. Yeah, this feels good. Where I can let my hair down, yes. where I can be myself. A lot of people always say, oh, my God, you smile more, you know. And I, yeah. So you, even people who've always known you see the yeah, difference. see the difference. See the difference. Whoa. Yeah, see the difference. I won't never forget. We have went to um, <laughs> my now babe. Yeah. His, um, his auntie's wedding. And we were dancing. Nobody never saw that side of me. You know, he was telling me, because I, I don't know how to dance, but he was kind of telling me, one, two, three. <laughs> yeah. He was God, when we were having fun. And people were commenting like, oh, my God. You live in life. Mm. You know, you you know, I'm proud of you. I'm this, I'm that. So again, even though we may feel like people don't see our unhappiness and all, but they do. They do. they do. And then they can see the change as well. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, they can see the change as well. Mm. But yeah, I'm just living. And he told me, he said, Q, you gotta learn how to live. Cause I was so much just being an adult. At 14, Mm. I didn't know anything else. You know, he just said, you got to live. You got to live. So I'm living. Yeah. I'm living. I'm so happy for you. I'm living. Yo, that's crazy. And then the the thing about it that I could say where I'm living is because even even in that, um, like, it's really no more struggle. And and see, that's one thing, too. When I thought I was doing what I supposed to do, I was struggling. <laughs> that's a whole nother series. Always broke. I, how am I doing what I thought supposed to be in the will of the Lord, but I'm broke? I'm struggling. The lights are out. The cars are getting repossessed. We don't have food. And the, and the crazy thing about that is... Mm-hmm. Church people will tell you that's what God's people <laughs> supposed to do. Yeah. <laughs> this is what you got to go through. <laughs> this is what you got to go through. And it's like, uh, no, no. Now, me seeing now, no. That was the devil. That was the devil. It's no way. No. Our God is, is not mm. like that. He wants us to live and live abundantly. And so even with our and, and me and their father talked about this quite sometimes when we separated, that's when the blessings was coming for him in his life and for me. But when we were together thinking we're in the will of God, we're doing broke, didn't know where the next meal was coming from. 
sitting in the dark. Again, I'm not saying it can't happen to me now. I, I'm not saying that. But it was constant, constant, mm. constant. Who wants to live like yeah. that? So when God said, hit that reset button, I was like, where's it? <laughs> where's it? Reset. Yeah. yeah. And ever since I... Did that reset? Oh, I done hit about three different tax brackets. Let's go! Yes, let's go! <laughs> and then it's like, and now even the one that I'm with, okay, well, if God's going to do it for me, we're going to do it together. Yes. So now he has two businesses. Yes. One in the back. Yeah, this is what we do. Yes. Yeah, this is what we do. This is how we should live. Yes. I'm not looking back. Yes. Looking for it. Y'all so happy. This is, this just got me crunk. I ain't gonna lie. I ain't gonna lie because you can get when you grow up. Number one in a small town, mm-hmm. and when you grow up in religious systems, mm-hmm. yo, you could be blinded to what's possible, bro. Yep, you it really can. It could mess you up. It can mess you up. Yeah, <laughs> it, it really can. It can, it can literally mess you up and keep you in a place for years thinking I'm pleasing God. <sighs> When God is saying, look, there's so much more, so much more for you. You just got to tap in and basically to become deaf to what everybody is saying. Yeah. To everybody is saying you we because I've learned through this process. I've got to tune my ear only to him because it's been a ear for others. And others told me what I should do and how I should do it. But no, I had to hear him for myself. Even if I had to walk in the wilderness for quite some time, I had to get it for myself. Yeah, Yeah, I did. Mm -hmm. So I'm happy. I I was just about to say that. Like like the fact that you're happy and the fact that you get to do what you do, minister to people Mm -hmm. in a relationship that makes you happy. Mm Mm-hmm. I know your kids are good. Yeah, they're good. Mm-hmm. Life is good. Life man. is good. You done moved up a couple tax brackets. Gang, gang, we out here. Yes. <laughs> it's some IRS debt, but, <laughs> but it's good debt. That's when you know when you owe the IRS. Yeah, you're doing good. good thing. You're doing good. I don't look for refunds. Yeah, man. See, that's a whole different level. I don't look for refunds. <laughs> that's some good debt. <laughs> so before we go, like, What's the name of your salon, first of all? Studio Express. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Studio w- Express. And what's the address? 3710 Peppermill Drive, Sweet J. Wilson. Let's go. Mm-hmm. I want you to talk to someone. Mm-hmm. Let's say a girl. She's between the ages of 14 and 22. Okay. In a small town. And all she knows is church. Mm. based on what you've experienced so far Mm -hmm. if you had to talk to her what would you say Mm. I would really say create your own path create your own path regardless of what others think you should do you gotta learn to create your own path don't let anyone else define you Create your own path. That's what I would tell. Even if even if you're uncertain, create that path. Because you're going to get the answers you need along the way. They're going to come. But as long as you do what you feel in your heart that you should do, the answers will come. 
the answers will come. But I say create your own path. Live for you. I have to echo what babe always say. Live life yes. with no regrets. Even if you fall, yes. so what? Get back up. Yes. Get back up. Get back on the path. Do it all over again. Yeah, man. Do it all over again. That's what I would tell her yes. or him. Absolutely. Yeah, create your own path. Yeah. I have so many um, young girls that come to the salon who's just kind of like, don't know, like, I don't know my assignment. I don't know my purpose. My mom said this. My mom said that. But then when you look on their sleeve, they're cut. I have cutters. Yeah. Because they're so um, discouraged in life because they're trying to live for other people. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Create your own path. And it's okay to mess up. It's okay. That's why we have grace. That's why we have grace. Don't be hard on yourself. Most of the time, that's a, that's a problem, too. We're so hard on ourselves. When it's say, when all you have to do is say, it's okay. It's okay to err. It's okay to make a wrong decision. But still, get back on the path that you created. Or you're not going to be happy 10 years from now doing something someone else told you to do. Or walking down a road because grandma did it or grandpa did it. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Create your own path. That's exactly what I, I wouldn't be so deep in it. Just create your own path. Because there's so much to learn in your own path. It's self-awareness. It's courage. Integrity, all those things come along with it. Mm. Finding yourself, discipline. So it's a lot with that. That's so good. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> the um the willingness to share your story and the transparency I know is gonna help people. I hope so. And the fact that you weren't <laughs> afraid to be honest. I appreciate it. I was. <laughs> you <laughs> Just were. a little bit. But you did it anyway. <laughs> but I did it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, the fact that you did it in spite of being. In spite of being judged. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Because mm. people go. People going to talk either way. Either way. So you might as well do what's best for you. Do what's best That's for you. That's what I learned. It's like, it, it don't matter what you do. Yeah. They going to talk. They going to talk regardless, whether you do good or whether you do bad. They going to talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if it's not something they prefer, even if you do good, just like having good grades. Mm-hmm. If it's something they can't do, they going to find a problem with it because they are not capable. Exactly. So people going to always have something to say. Exactly. So thank you for being brave in spite of. Oh, thank you <laughs> for having me. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> yes. Yes. Y'all, thank y'all for watching another episode of the RXS podcast with Q. We out. Peace. Peace.